Well, hello, ladies, gentlemen, and everyone listening in to this newest edition of the VORW International Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. So, the long-awaited 2024 predictions show, I want to, number one, apologize for the little bit of lateness uh, regarding this program. I know it's early February, Uh, But I suppose we could try to say, well, better late than never. Secondly, though, I really do want to thank each and every one of you listening in. Number one, for your patience in regards to that. I'm very thankful for your understanding. But number two, for all of the amazing participation that came in for this program. It really blew me away. There were more responses than I ever expected. And uh, as you will soon see, so much variation in the responses as well. Such a diverse variety of various predictions that came in. It's truly fantastic to see, if you ask me. And uh, I just want to thank all of you who took the time, effort, took the energy out of your day to take a moment to write a prediction for this program. And I think it all came together very well. And I'm very happy with with how things turned out, if you ask me. But I just want to say, first and foremost, huge thank you to everyone out there who took the time to send in those predictions. It really means a lot. And uh, this show wouldn't have happened if it weren't for all of you out there who did that. One other point that uh, I want to get into, just before we do the predictions, I always pass the hat around at the beginning of every program. This is no exception. If you enjoy this program, you want to support it, you want to help keep it going, your support is always appreciated. Of course, it's never mandatory or required, but it certainly helps some. You could always support this program as well as the radio show that I do with a donation via Patreon. That's patreon.com slash the report of the week. If you support the program on Patreon, you could also get exclusive access to all my radio shows, Listen on demand to many hundreds, if not thousands, of hours of additional programming. You could also send in a donation via PayPal to v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. Likewise, if you want to advertise on this program... I am once again opening up the window as far as advertising is concerned. Essentially what it is, as you will hear in a moment, I'll just promote pretty much anything. Is there a product you're offering, a service you're offering, a website you want to advertise, a social media profile you'd like to advertise, a podcast, a YouTube channel, again, a product, anything really, uh, that you would like to get the word out about? For a small fee, and trust me when I say, the price is staggeringly low. Mostly it's just a little bit of a way for me to raise some extra money to keep the radio broadcast of mine going. Uh, Generally speaking, the price is probably, uh, I would say, 10% of what I should be charging for uh, any sort of advertising or anything like that. It's it's a very low price. For more information, just send me an email, v-o-r-w... I-N-F-O at gmail.com. I just mentioned that you're interested in any details regarding advertising on this program. 
and I will send you a comprehensive report and all the information that you could possibly need, and uh, then just see if it's something that you're interested in. But generally speaking, I'll usually just read some sort of copy and uh, promote whatever you'd like me to promote at the beginning of each program, and it's as easy as that. But if you want any more information, I'll send you a whole thing. Uh, just shoot me an email, and uh, I'm just throwing that out there if anyone out there is interested. And with that, there is one advertiser for this program, so please lend an ear, and then we'll get into the predictions program. Thanks for listening to my spiel, by the way. This is VORW. Creators by Moonlight is an inspirational podcast featuring new and underrated content creators. The show's storytelling format allows the guest to tell their story with minimal interruption. It's perfect for nighttime listening. After VORW, check out Creators by Moonlight. Alright, now into the predictions show itself. Now, I do want to mention, just as a preface, I mention this pretty much in every predictions show, and this is no exception. As far as the shows that I generally do are concerned, I like to do them the way that I do them, granted. And even when I do the general mailbag uh, programs, you know, there will be all sorts of opinions, but granted, when the whole premise of the program is to ask a wide audience what they think may happen in the next year, it's going to be much more opinionated a program than it perhaps normally is. So therefore, this is your warning. You are going to hear things that you disagree with. I mention that because, <laughs> granted, I've listened to this whole show. I've edited it. I've moderated it. So I know what's in store. And I believe no matter where you put yourself on the political spectrum, there are going to be things that you are going to adamantly, vehemently disagree with that's probably going to make you shake your head, and uh, some of you might feel quite upset. It's up to you if you want to deal with that or not. So this is your out. Uh, if you'd prefer not to, uh, then this is your opportunity to leave. There will probably be things that might upset you. Uh, that might offend you one way or another, things that you just do not want to hear. Uh, granted, nothing exceptionally vulgar, but there are going to be things that you're not going to like uh, coming up in probably large quantity, giving you that warning right now. This is going to be a dark show. It's going to be quite a pessimistic one. There's not going to be much positivity either. So that's another thing. If you listen to this to try to hear good stuff, I'm afraid that this isn't going to be the one for you because there pretty much aren't any sorts of positive viewpoints uh, going forward, and I'm giving you that warning as well. Uh, it's going to be, again, personally, by my standards, do I think that this is particularly controversial? No. But in today's climate, would people think so? I would say yes. I'm giving you that warning. And uh, again, this is your opportunity. If you really want to bail out, just do it right now, uh, because otherwise... Well, now you know what you're in for. All opinions in this program I treat with respect. And uh, that in and of itself some people might not like, you know, because they're the other side, and why are you doing that, etc., etc. But, because I'm old school. 
I just say, well, this is your forum and your, your, your chance to say what's on your mind and uh, tell the world how you see things. And I'll lend an ear, and then you, as a listener, I would most sincerely hope, would think for yourself. Think critically, but go into this with an open mind, and at the very least, uh, there's going to be folks that you disagree with, probably in large quantity, but try to see, well, why do these people feel the way that they feel about things? I think that's a better way to look at it than just to think, oh, F them, you know, this, that, and the other thing. But anyway, I had to get that disclaimer out, and uh, with that said, if you're still listening, then I take it that you want to delve into this, so... I wish you all the best of luck. If you have any feedback for uh, future programs, because after this one, uh, we'll just be back to the normal shows as far as uh, reading and responding to any sorts of pieces of fan mail are concerned, any questions, comments, suggestions, anything you want to share, you could always send any feedback you have to V-O-R-W-I-N- F O at gmail.com. And now into the program we go. I will start things off with my own personal prediction. 2024. I don't see 2024 necessarily as the year that everything changes. Uh, by that I mean it's going to be a big year. And don't get me wrong, I especially say that, of course, in regards to the election. And here in the United States, that's going to dominate the headlines. Uh, It already is, obviously. It has been for years. And it's going to continue to. But as far as something major happening, such as a world war, or some sort of life-altering, cataclysmic catastrophe. I personally just don't see this being the year where this this sort of stuff happens. Maybe things are going to get a little worse overall in pretty much every regard. I don't see 2024 as being, and I'm speaking broadly, a good year. I think that everything's just going to keep getting a bit worse in many ways. I think society, the the division, the hatred, it's going to keep getting worse. Polarization's going to keep getting worse. I don't think it's going to be very noticeable, but for instance, you know, everyone's probably just going to be, they're going to hate each other a little more by the time this year is through. Uh, even on a tiny, tiny level, it's just going to keep getting getting worse. Quality of everything's probably going to slip a little bit more, not in ways that we would really be able to detect or know, but uh, just one more year of sort of the same old, same old. People are just going to be a little angrier, a little more stressed out. Things are just going to cost a little bit more, for the most part, by the time this year is through. Probably just going to be a little poorer, a little angrier, a bit more stressed. I don't really see, health-wise, broadly, uh, things getting better in that regard, either. Again, not to say that everyone's just going to keel over and die or anything, but... I don't see 2024 as being the year where everything's going to get better in pretty much any way. Education system's going to get worse. What could even be considered entertainment is going to continue stooping a bit. A bit lower, that is. 
you know, the field of science. There's going to be some interesting things, granted, but I don't really think any breakthroughs or, you know, if there is anything, any sort of major breakthrough, I just don't really see it. Not to sound conspiratorial, but is it, maybe it'll be kept from everyone. I don't really want to go there, but I just don't see anything revolutionary happening this year. It's just going to be the same sorts of doldrums uh, we've all been sort of trapped in since 2020, another year of it, and, uh, and that's just going to be that. You know, that's sort of where things stand. People are going to have their complaints, their grievances, but is anything really going to get done? I don't, I don't think so. I just don't see this as the year where everything really changes, you know? It's like, you might look, you might think, eh, things aren't the best year, but they're not going to get any better this year. That's just how I see it. There's, there's just nothing that comes to me based on, yeah, my gut feeling, but just how I'm interpreting the world around me that remotely suggests that we've turned the corner, you know, in one way or another, everything is going to start uh, picking back up again. I think it's just going to be the continuation. It's like, look at last year and the year before that and the year before that. That's 2024 also. Uh, sort of the same old, same old. I do not see COVID or any of that really making much of a return. It'll be in the background. You'll see a story about it here and there, but I just don't think that that's going to be a big thing at this point. But, you know, the election, that's going to be obviously a big thing. It's going to be the Trump-Biden rematch, I think, as as we've all come to understand it at this point in time. I think the election is going to be close. That's my opinion. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Either way, I think it's going to be very close. And it might just come down to even just a state or two. And as a result, I think that's going to be... <laughs> that's not really going to be good as far as, you know, calming things down in society is concerned. If I were to say, I try to also look at, yeah, the polls, but also the various attitudes and everything, uh, as far as what I've been seeing, I would say, at least at the time I'm at the microphone, Trump seems to be the favorite uh, for the election, but could things change? Yeah, they could, but I don't really see things swinging too far one way or the other. I think it's going to remain close. Uh, granted, since I've really started doing predictions of my own personally for uh, many months at this point, personally, I've been under the impression that Trump has been the favorite, but that it's not going to be any sort of landslide or any of that. And could it be, could there be a sort of situation uh, one way or another that there will be a sentiment prevailing by the time, once we get into election day itself, that there will be a certain level of confidence that one person's going to win, and then the outcome ends up being different, and it might make 2020 look like nothing. That's possible. And being that I see it being a close election, it could go either way, where the polls could certainly tighten a bit, and... It'll eventually look like Biden's the favorite. 
And then as we get into election day, Trump just squeaks out a very close victory. That could happen. And obviously the reactions to that would be extreme. Could go the other way too, where let's say the sentiment that Trump is the favorite could continue into election day, uh, but then Biden just ekes out a very narrow victory. Probably more narrow than what you saw in 2020. That could happen too where it could come down to something as close as just 10 electoral votes and maybe 10,000 votes, let's say the state of Wisconsin or something ends up deciding the election with its 10 electoral votes. And that state is won by, let's say, Biden in this hypothetical scenario by, you know, 10,000 votes or less. It could be as close as that. And uh, and the reactions to that would obviously be extreme. But right now, if I were, you know, let's say if someone said, all right, you have to choose who do you think would win, I would say Trump is the favorite, based on what I see. But it's going to be a very close election. And would it surprise me if Biden wins re-election? It wouldn't. But it's going to be close. I think no matter who wins, as close as 2020 was, this is going to be closer. Because you have to remember with 2020... It was really decided by three states, Georgia, Arizona, and Wisconsin. And in each of those states, you know, because we do the Electoral College, not necessarily the nationwide popular vote, Biden won Arizona and Georgia by about 11,000 votes each. And he won Wisconsin by 20,000. So that's just 40,000 votes to decide the election. It's going to be smaller than that. Much smaller wouldn't be surprised if essentially it's like 2020, but let's say Trump wins Georgia, Arizona, maybe even flips Nevada. And then it would just come down to the Rust Belt with extremely close states there. I personally believe if things continue as they are, Michigan would be closer than people think. And that might have one of the biggest swings compared to 2020, just based on a lot of the sentiment that is being seen up there, I would just say expect a close and messy election. That's all I could really say in that regard. As far as geopolitics are concerned, again, I just don't see this being the year that World War Three starts, you know. There will still be a cooling of relations, I suppose, with the global boogeymen, you know. So China, you know, it's still not going to be great there, and it's just going to be... Oh, you, things are getting better. No, it's getting worse. Oh, China's doing this and that. And, you know, it's same thing with Russia and North Korea and all of that. Iran as well. That uh, relations, you know, there might be some points where things look like, oh, maybe they're getting a little better. But And I think that relations are going to continue slipping with all of these countries. There will be harsh words exchanged. Maybe some increased sanctions for one of the you know, one or two of these countries. I'm thinking perhaps, especially Iran, Russia, maybe North Korea too. But will any of this stuff translate over to actual war? I don't see it happening. I don't even see regional war happening between any Western powers and any other major powers. I just don't see that happening. You know, harsh words, proxy wars continuing. I could see that. But 
any sort of world war happening, it's not going to happen this year. I just don't see this being the case. As far as what's going on in the Middle East, the war between Israel and Palestine, I think it's eventually going to resolve. And I think Israel is going to eventually, within a few months, uh, declare itself the victor. But more or less, I think it'll sort of be a, a Pyrrhic victory of sorts, wherein Israel will eventually claim that its objective has been achieved, that the Hamas infrastructure in the Gaza Strip has been destroyed, that they've been rendered incapable of governing, that the remaining hostages either have been transferred or rescued alive, or their remains have been recovered, and that Hamas no longer poses much of a threat to Israel. But it will be at the cost of the destruction of the entirety of the Gaza Strip. Many tens and tens of thousands of civilian deaths, significant loss amongst the IDF as well. You know, I could see a total death toll by the time this is all said and done being around 50,000 at this point. But I think in several months, I could see especially around May, perhaps, a victory being declared. But would Hamas still exist? Yes. Would the tunnel networks still exist? Yes. Will an arsenal still be present? Yes. And how will the population, the remaining population, that is, of the Gaza Strip feel? Are they going to hold no animosity toward Israel at this point? Or will their feelings against Israel be the strongest that they've ever been? I suspect strongly the latter. And I would be willing to bet, even if, let us hypothesize, that every Hamas fighter, every Hamas leader, every tunnel network, and anything even resembled a weapon, is eliminated from existence in the Gaza Strip. Based on what happened, and what would simply be the attitudes harbored by the folks that live there, just give it a few years, and everything would be right at square one again. This isn't something that people, I, I feel, would just let go over there. So that's why I would consider it more of a Pyrrhic victory than anything else. You know, if you were to look at, let's say, what's formally labeled, it would say Israeli victory. But the can, you know, this is just going to get kicked down the road again. And... This is all going to happen again in a couple years. Maybe it's kicked the can down the road five years. But that's it. This isn't going to be the end of it. I hate to say. It's not. The death is going to continue. The destruction is going to continue. Uh, regardless of what flag is flown or who says that they won or at what cost. 
I don't think anything's changing as far as the dynamic is concerned at this point. That seems overwhelmingly obvious to me anyway. I don't see this escalating into World War III, nor do I see it escalating into a regional war. I think if it were going to, it already would have. There's been enormous restraint exhibited from the Western powers as far as Iran and Yemen particularly are concerned, as well as restraint exhibited from Hezbollah in Lebanon, Syria, Iran proper, and even Yemen. As when you think of it, the collective actions that all of these countries could have taken against Israel are far, far more substantial than what has actually occurred. And likewise, the actions that the U.S., as well as uh, much of the Western coalition, especially in regards to Yemen, but also Iran, are the actions that have been taken there, while substantial, still exhibit enormous restraint. So being that all sides are exhibiting this sort of restraint, and are seemingly being mindful of the potential repercussions, I, I find it even unlikely that a, re that a regional war will happen. So I think this conflict, this particular conflict, will be resolved by the time the year is over, but essentially the status quo continues, and the only thing different is mass destruction, tens of thousands of deaths, and that's it, and nothing else has really changed. Now, as far as the war in Ukraine is concerned, that's the other major conflict ongoing that a lot of people might be thinking about. That one I'm not sure if there is necessarily going to be a total resolution to this year or not. But I do think that the conflict, for the most part, will continue being stalemated uh, for many, many months in 2024, the front lines are going to be identical. Nothing is going to change. Bold claims are going to be made by both sides, but nothing's going to change. Maybe the biggest news would be one town over the span of six months being captured by either side, and that's about it. However, I think you are going to see that increasing fatigue, here in the United States especially, but even in Europe, in regards to aid being provided to Ukraine. I think it's going to continue slowing, continue diminishing. And eventually, if a deal is not achieved outright between Ukraine and Russia, I think eventually, especially toward the end of 2024, I think Russia may begin launching successful offensive action particularly in the Donbass region, uh, by that I mean in Donetsk and Luhansk oblasts, possibly in Kherson and Zaporizhia as well. I don't think that you're going to see any more fronts opened up, but just that Russia simply can outlast Ukraine. That's the reality of things. Uh, Russia essentially can sustain themselves. They have some powerful allies as well. Ukraine, for the most part, is dependent on the West, so Russia could successfully play the waiting game, as far as I see it. 
I also think that eventually the sentiment in the West, and this might be a year from now, might eventually change, and it might go from instead of, well, Russia's starting to capture territory again, uh, we have to, you know, give more aid, it might instead turn to, well, they're starting to make gains again. Come on, now it's time to just seed those four oblasts, Donetsk, Luhansk, Zafarizhia, and Kherson to Russia. Call it a day. You have to change the borders a little bit, but that protects the rest of Ukraine, and just that will be that, and stop the fighting, stop the violence, uh, because nothing's, nothing's going to really change otherwise. I could see that sentiment eventually shifting. Obviously very different uh, from how things were in 2022, but this is the way it goes. So that's what I'm seeing. This sort of theater of operations is essentially where things are going to end, I believe. And, uh, and that's that. Uh, I think we're, we're nearing the end of things. It might not be this year. It, it might be. But I see that happening more or less in early 2025. But I just think the writing is, is on the wall in that regard. Unless something absolutely drastic happens, which again, I, I just don't see the writing on the wall for that. But we will see. As far as other conflicts are concerned, I think in Myanmar, some of the rebel groups will continue their advances, but the military junta will remain in power through the year. And I think in Sudan, uh, the civil war there will still be ongoing. Uh, I think that the RSF will continue in some ways to make some gains, but I also believe that the Sudanese armed forces will uh, eventually begin to an extent, to better defend the territory, uh, they still continue. Uh, and essentially, the conflict will sort of become stalemated with uh, neither side necessarily uh, admitting any sort of defeat. And uh, that country will continue to get dragged down. Weather-wise, especially in the U.S., I think that there are going to be uh, a number of significant tornadoes, especially in the spring, across some of the deep south, as well as uh, parts of the west. The hurricane season is going to be above normal. Uh, it's not going to be extreme as far as the activity is concerned. There will be a high number of named storms, I believe, uh, but that includes many tropical depressions and tropical storms. But there will be some impressive hurricanes, some strong hurricanes, and uh, I think that if there are any significant impacts... I could especially see some of the Gulf states, such as Louisiana, Texas, and uh, perhaps even on the East Coast, maybe the Carolinas, uh, getting some considerable impacts this year. Florida could happen, but might dodge a bullet this time around. We will see. But I think it's going to be an active hurricane season nonetheless. I don't think it'll be any sort of cataclysmic New England impact this year, just based on my gut feeling, granted. Uh, the Caribbean islands, there will be impacts, as unfortunately there always are. But lots of named storms, nothing, again, extreme. It's not like there's going to be every storm being a, a Category 5 hurricane or anything like that. But uh, there will be some impressive, very impressive storms, I think. And I think there will be Category 5 hurricanes this year. But, uh, you know, 
Not in record number, but there will be. That's what I think. It's going to be an active season. I expect that. Seismic activity, I think, will be active, of course. Uh, but not necessarily cataclysmic. You know, there may be considerable earthquakes, perhaps in maybe South America, let's say Indonesia, for instance. But the sorts of obvious places that, you know, are on the fault lines and in those very active areas. So I don't think that there's going to be some sort of out-of-the-blue earthquake that devastates New York City or something like that. Mostly I see it as maybe a somewhat disappointing year of the same old, same old happening. I'm not one to really keep up on pop culture, so I'm not really going to comment on that because I'm not all that familiar, but I would wager for folks like me, uh, new media, you know, social media is going to continue to have its impact and there's going to be many uh, faces and names as far as, you know, acting and music are concerned that I'll think, who the heck is that? And everyone else will seem to know who they are and turns out that there's some sort of, you know, TikTok star or something. And I'm like, who, who, who on earth is this? Uh, more of that, probably. Although I think that, you know, some of the big names will still continue to dominate as well, such as, I'm especially thinking of Taylor Swift. I think she's got some new music coming out that I'm sure will top the charts. And by the end of the year, she'll still probably be one of the most, if not the most, talked about uh, celebrity, you know, of the year. She's still going to remain an absolutely huge name. As far as sports are concerned, I don't follow sports, but I figure for any sort of event, uh, there's going to be a team that's going to win and a team that's going to lose. So there you have it. And uh, those essentially are my predictions for 2024, but the moral of the story, same old, same old. And I guess if you really loved the last few years, you're in luck because it's more the same if you hated them. And uh, you hoped things would change one way or another. I just don't think that break is going to come this time around, uh, unfortunately. Uh, you know, personally, in my case, as far as, let's say, the channel and all that is concerned, I don't think it's going to be an easy year. Um, and there were some predictions for this show that were, I think, too kind. But I think I'll get by in 2024, but I don't think it's going to be easy. I think it's going to be, it's going to take a lot of work. And that's all that I could really say. I just don't, I think some of you are more optimistic than I am. That's all I could really say. And uh, may all you be the ones that are right, as far as that's concerned. But as far as me, I'm going to be keeping my head up. Everything personally is going good, you know, that's, that's good. But as far as my work, my, my channel, the Report of the Week and the radio show go, uh, it's going to continue, but like I said, I just don't think it's going to be <laughs> cruising, so to speak, and oh yeah, next, you know, one big hit after the next and everything's going great. Uh, I don't know. I don't have the optimism that I think uh, some of you as listeners have, but hopefully I'm just a pessimist and... Uh, and you guys maybe see something that I don't. But I'll get through it, but it's not going to be easy. So that's how I see it. And there you have it. My prediction. Long-winded, but uh, nonetheless, 
Now you have it. So with that, let's break open the email and get into your predictions, May. Hopefully this year be better than perhaps how I perceive it being. I'd certainly like to see this being a good year for the world and for society. I'd like to see this as the year where everything takes a turn, where a corner is turned, and things in a way that are obvious and overwhelming improve. I'd like to see that quite a bit. But am I confident that that's the case now? But I want to see that. I really do. I want to see it a year of peace, a year of happiness, a year of prosperity, a year where things actually go the way that we were taught and believed that they would, where good conquers evil. I'd like to see that. But I don't really believe what I'm saying in that regard, but I still want to see it anyway. I want to be wrong. That's, that's all I could really say there. Now, let's get into your predictions. Remember the email, v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. First prediction of the program comes in from Brian in Carroll County, Maryland. McDonald's will launch two more Nostalgia Adult Happy Meals in 2024 with throwback toys in a modern sponsorship form. The U.S. election will mirror 2020. Biden will win the election and Trump, he will still be the Republican candidate and not get booted from state ballots, will lose, but continue to not acknowledge the loss, or say it was stolen. This time, there will be more frequent but less organized violence and further splintering of the Republican Party. This summer will be the hottest on record in Europe, with Europe having another heat wave that will not last as long as in days as the one in 2023, but hit higher temperatures and be more deadly. The war in Ukraine will start to die down due to the death of Putin, which will result in destabilization and a struggle to fill the vacuum of power in Russia. The automobile market will finally begin to drop back down to more reasonable levels from the insane boosts over the past three years. New cars will begin to see huge incentives like we saw pre-pandemic, and the used car values will drop by 15% overall, with some segments like luxury vehicles approaching a 40% drop over the last year. Over the year. And finally, the Report of the Week YouTube channel will support 3 million subs, and Little Caesars and Burger King will combine to create an undercooked Whopper-stuffed calzone with a mayo-based sauce to honor this feat. (laughs) Thank you, Brian, in Maryland, checking in. It's great to have you listening in, and I appreciate the variety of predictions. It's particularly interesting to me in regards to the automobile market, and if we see things go in that direction, if, if they do, I imagine it will be to the relief of many. Four predictions from an anonymous listener. One, Trump nor Biden will be president. Something similar to the January 6th storming will take place, and voter turnout will be lower than ever 
due to general disinterest and hopelessness in the current political and societal state we are in. 2. A new chemical is added to the periodic table. 3. The FDA bans Ozempic after it is found to be harmful long-term, especially when just used for weight loss. And 4. The lost city of Atlantis is discovered, leading to retrospective scientific discoveries, and a new underwater city will be planned in the UAE. Going out to an anonymous listener for predictions there, uh, the Atlantis one, of course, would be fascinating. The Ozempic one, interesting too, of course, uh, <laughs> that would not be to the relief of many, since so many people take it these days. But uh, could I see something like that happening? Yeah, I could. This prediction comes in from Jay Stevenson, a.k.a. Disaster Service. Let's start off big. The presidential race. Trump will be allowed to appear on the ballot, but Joe Biden will mysteriously win again. Either before or after he can get to the inauguration, though, he will have a non-specific health emergency. For a few weeks to a couple of months, Kamala Harris will be acting president until he finally succumbs to what will be called heart failure or even natural causes. President Harris will take the nation into more foreign regime change wars. She will be wildly unpopular, but any criticism of her will be suppressed harshly and characterized as racist. The war in Ukraine will continue, though with less and less attention from the media as it approaches its inevitable conclusion, ultimately with Russia winning. The West will not acknowledge the victory as such, they will spin it as a setback. Ever-diminishing funds will continue to be laundered, that is, quietly pushed through in the form of war aid. Israel will ignore the global outrage and continue to level Palestine. They will blame Hamas for the extraordinary loss of life, fully backed up by the U.S. administration. Any talk of genocide will be dismissed, downplayed, or censored. The cost of Israel's actions will be long-lasting. However, in that most of the world will view them in the same light as they now view America, colonial tyrants. There will not be a wider Middle East war. BRICS nations will continue to gain economic momentum and increasing influence as the dollar and the West sees more and more inflation. All the while, Western media will tell us the economy is stronger than ever, the homeless numbers will continue to rise steadily. U.S. birth rates will continue to plummet, but immigration will be made easier with the promise of fast-tracked citizenship in exchange for military service. Cyber attacks will begin occurring with increasing frequency and wider spread effects on communications, infrastructure, and economic institutions. Politicians' income will, of course, remain intact. These cyber threats will be used as a justification to legislate for tighter control over the internet, even as far as to remove online anonymity. A number of B-list celebrities and entertainers will begin to die suddenly. Pizza Hut will go extinct. Cannibalism will begin to be pushed as an alternative diet. 
clown outfits will become all the rage in the street fashion scene, and social media influencers will attempt to adopt clown personas in a bid to ride the wave of the trend. Some of them will remain clowns for the remainder of their public lives. And Review Brub will be interviewed by Brett Weinstein on the Dark Horse podcast. Jay Stevenson, a.k.a. Disaster Service, thank you for your predictions there. A wide variety of predictions. Much appreciated, and we will see what happens. Listener who goes by the name Oz sends in some predictions, a few short ones. While I don't follow politics too much, I predict that either Biden wins re-election by a slim margin, or Trump wins by a huge landslide victory. 2. The Vegas Golden Knights will win the Stanley Cup for the second year in a row. 3. The Report of the Week YouTube channel will reach 3 million subscribers, and I predict by the end of 2024, you'll hit 3.5 to 4 million. And 4. I predict 2024 as a whole will be about the same as 2023, hopefully more positive than negative, but only time will tell. Oz, thank you for your predictions there. It's interesting in regards to the uh, election that it would either be Biden just eking out a victory, or Trump just totally dominating, essentially. Uh, But of course, we will see. We will see what happens. Nick writes with a prediction. In the Middle East, Israel will not lose the war. They will be vilified because they are winning, and people don't understand war and think they're experts because they watch biased and cherry-picked TikTok clips that paint the picture to one extreme or the other. Local Islamic terror groups will continue to join, and the USA will continue bombing. My major prediction is a start of the building of the Third Temple, or the ceremony involving red heifers, will take place, and they will be sacrificed. They're almost ready. This is a prophetic event the Israelis seem to have been preparing for months, if not years. If this happens, the war will escalate, and war within Jerusalem will be a near certain thing. I believe if this happens, then we are one step closer to the end times, as the Bible states the third temple will be built in those times. We seem to be very close to the temple being built, as predicted, thousands of years ago. Hope 2024 is great for you. I love the shows and the shortwave broadcast. Nick, thank you for your prediction. Obviously taking a look as far as a prophecy is concerned in regards to the war in Israel. We've got a prediction coming in from an anonymous listener says, My prediction for 2024 is a scaled-up war between China, Pakistan, and India toward the end of 2024. That would be a major conflict. Thank you for your prediction. Another anonymous listener checks in, says, Love your work, starting to learn about ham radio this year. Few predictions. U.S. politics will be wild. Biden will not be the nominee due to health reasons. Trump will survive a crazed attack, but members of his security detail will be gravely injured. The media will outright say Trump deserved to be the one who was hurt, and the crazed person will be a folk hero to the Democrats. 
the U.S. will lose a major naval warship in Middle East turmoil. In national news, a major earthquake will hit the west coast, causing a tsunami. A major U.S. city will suffer terrorism attacks. Taylor Swift will get married and divorced. And internationally, India will broker peace with Russia and Ukraine. Series of predictions there, some rapid-fire ones from an anonymous listener. Uh, That would be a curveball if India is the broker of peace between those two countries. Uh, But then again, you have had folks out there who for years have adamantly said that it's only a matter of time before India fully just comes up on the world stage and establishes itself as a major, major world power. But obviously, if that were the case, that would be quite the move right there. Patrick in Florida sends in some quick predictions. Elon Musk will shut down Twitter. Paramount Plus will go under or be absorbed by another streaming service. Tiger Woods will win a golf tournament. And Florida will be impacted by a devastating Category 5 hurricane. Four predictions there. Uh, Interesting what you mentioned about Twitter, or I guess as some call it now X, and it being shut down. Uh, Some will call it unlikely, but then again, who who even thought that Elon Musk was actually going to go ahead and buy that site? So, who's to say? We hear from Joshua in Northville, Michigan. Predictions for 2024. Global events. The war between Ukraine and Russia will end this year. Nobody wins, per se, but I think some sort of agreement or resolution will be made. Technology. AI will continue to advance at an exponential rate this year, especially large language models, LLM, such as ChatGPT, but also large action models, LAM, such as with new products like the Rabbit R1. Economic trends. The Fed cuts interest rates, despite still rampant inflation, so that we will continue to dig ourselves into a deeper hole and experience hyperinflation. Political developments. Donald Trump will be elected president of the United States again by a landslide win over Joe Biden. Social and cultural trends. Social media will inevitably continue to grow, and our culture will continue to be more and more divided. With AI growing at such a rapid rate, I feel as it will integrate more into our everyday life and culture in nearly all aspects of life, such as what we saw with the emergence of smartphones and social media. Health and Medicine We will make big strides in cancer research with the ongoing trials of a new and promising cancer drug, AOH-1996. COVID-19 is here to stay, and will continue to become more milder and more synonymous with the common cold or flu. And personal predictions. Based on my previous predictions, I predict this is most likely not the year I will be buying my first house. And I predict this will be a very filler episode here that is mostly unnotable compared to many previous. Not good, not bad, but a year to be spent on learning more skills, developing healthy habits, progressing in my career, 
saving up some money, given my economic predictions. Thanks, and here's to a good year. Keep up the good work. Joshua in Michigan checking in. Thanks for your predictions. Like that you sorted it out by category. Would certainly be nice if there's some breakthroughs as far as cancer is concerned. That would be amazing. And as far as the economy is concerned, yeah, I can't really see everything just magically turning around. You know, it's like some people will say one thing, but I don't know. In in reality, I'm seeing something different, you know? Uh, I just don't... I don't think everything's just suddenly turning around. And uh, I'm more inclined to agree with you and see, you know, things just keep sliding, you know? Some short predictions from an anonymous listener. One, I believe the U.S. will cut funding to the Ukraine-Russia conflict. The war has drawn out too long, and support for the war seems to be dying down among the U.S. population. Not to mention, funding the war is very popular amongst many Republicans, with Trump and with Trump leading in every presidential poll. Red Wave seems likely. 2. Marvel will introduce Doctor Doom as the big bad for the next Avengers movie. With Jonathan Majors being dropped as the character Kang, or maybe it's Kang, I really don't know, and all his variants, Marvel will pivot away from that storyline instead of recasting the character. I'm sick of superhero movies, but inclined but included this prediction because they're a big part of our culture. And three, this year will be the coolest temperature year in the past 50 years. Okay, this one is wishful thinking. 2023 was the hottest year on record, and as someone who works outdoors, it was brutal. Here's to wishing that 2024 will not have as many 100 degree Fahrenheit days as last year did. Anonymous checking in. Thanks for your predictions, and, uh, yeah, it would be nice if it's a little cooler this year. David sends in a sports prediction. Uh, I know a lot of people have been wondering about this one. The Super Bowl. I predict the 2024 Super Bowl, whichever team puts the most points on the scoreboard will probably win the game. (laughs) David checking in. Thank you uh, for that one. (laughs) That's too good. That's pretty much how I see it, too. I I pay no attention to the sports stuff, but there we have it. Andy writes, I hope 2024 will go better than the first few days of the year have gone, and I wish Japan a much more safe year and hopefully don't have any more earthquakes to destroy property and life. My idea of a good 2024 is everyone getting along, people giving each other more food, when we're feeling sad or lacking money, and food prices somehow fall, and we have the prices we had in the early 90s and 2000s. I just wish life could have things get better real quick before things skyrocket to the point where we can't even afford ingredients for a bowl of carbonara. Those are some of my thoughts for 2024. Best regards, Andy. Andy, thank you for checking in. Obviously, uh, an economic prediction for the most part uh, in regards to uh, being able to afford food and even basic ingredients and that. uh, It seems as though things are just 
slipping the other way, uh, then perhaps we, we hope and wish that they should. Thank you for sending that in. Scott from the UK sends in a few predictions. There will be a pandemic scare originating somewhere in Africa, but this will turn out to be nothing but a scare. The news cycle will create a lot of hysteria that will ultimately die down after a few days. A small tactical nuke will be used on the battlefield, either in the Middle East or the Ukraine. This could potentially shock the world enough to begin serious disarmament of nuclear warheads. Pakistan and India will declare war, pulling the world ever closer to the brink of full-scale world war. Twitter, or X, will close and be taken offline without any notice. Elon Musk will die under suspicious circumstances. The hottest temperatures ever recorded on Earth will happen this year. In the U.S., Donald Trump will be re-elected and win big to the surprise of most. This causes markets to initially tank before regaining ground a few weeks later. The world's first fully preserved frozen Neanderthal will be discovered in the permafrost in Alaska. DNA will be sequenced and attempts to bring back the Neanderthal will be made. Joe Rogan will lose his mind over this, doing a marathon 24-hour podcast featuring several guests. This will be the most watched podcast in history, with close to 1 billion views. The news will report a large solar flare taking out the electric grid in large parts of western Russia. However, this will have been an experimental EMP set off by the US. And finally, a polar bear will be found in the wild in Scotland. Hope you enjoyed these predictions. Have a great 2024. Scott from the UK checking in. Thank you, Scott, for your predictions. If a tactical nuke ever does get used uh, confirmedly in battle, I think it will make a lot of people go, whoa, (laughs) not really in a good way. They'll kind of, some may be distraught, and uh, perhaps some of the images of destruction would uh, maybe be enough for some people to have second thoughts. Obviously, some hard times uh, predicted for X and Elon Musk. The discovery, of course, of a a Neanderthal, that would be an incredible one at that, and would obviously result in quite the dilemma as to what to do. And uh, it would be interesting if an EMP would be uh, set off over Russia, and uh, being, of course, that we are entering solar maximum, uh, that it would be operated and tested under the guise of a, of a very strong solar flare. But if that happened, uh, if, the, if the truth of that did emerge, uh, then obviously Russia would be, it would essentially have every right to retaliate completely uh, for such a destructive thing occurring. You know, if an EMP were set off, let's say, by Russia over the U.S., uh, you would have so many people calling for the the missiles to be flying over there, and uh, justifiably so. That's a major escalation. So if that happened, vice versa, uh, a Russian response would 
only makes sense. Another listener in the UK, Sam, checks in. In my opinion, 2024 is going to be an important year. With elections happening in both the US and the UK, I expect a real shift in the global political landscape, and I hope that those changes don't distract the international community from focusing on our shared issues, such as climate change. I worry that there will be a large-scale climate-based emergency this year, but hold out hope that we will see, or that we then will see, some positive new developments in renewable energy or sustainable fuel sources as a result. With lots of changes on the horizon, I expect an increased interest in hiking and camping. I know it's cliche, but at least for me personally, spending a long time outdoors in a calm, familiar place is an excellent way to de-stress and become more mindful and appreciative. With that in mind, I hope the everyday people and listeners will find comfort in their friends and family as well as their routines and hobbies. Thank you, Sam from the UK checking in. Uh, perhaps some sort of uh, serious climate issue occurring that uh, would make everyone sort of examine their priorities. But I see what you mean in regards to uh, even just going outside. In my case, actually, and I could only speak for myself, but actually just going out even for just a walk, especially a night walk, granted, where it's, you know, much cooler outside. You feel the cool night air. You could look up at the stars. Um hopefully left alone, you know, it's, even that, I notice it really helps in my case, it could be quite, um, soothing in a way, and it could just put some things to ease, so, uh, granted now, I'm not much of a camper, I, I couldn't call myself one, but, you know, even just a little time outside, I know it helps in my case. Thank you for your prediction once again. We hear from an anonymous listener. Now, you actually uh, give a preface, you just say that everything I say is my speculation, my analysis of what I've seen, not fact. And I apologize if this offends any listeners or rustles any feathers. Just want to give my view and opinions. So, with that said, thanks for giving that, by the way, you write, I believe that Trump will likely win the 2024 U.S. presidential election, and I just have a really bad feeling about what will happen from there. Currently, most polls that I've been seeing have shown him winning over Biden, and while I wouldn't be thrilled about seeing Biden in a second term, I'd be much happier with him than Trump. When Trump was elected in 2016, it seemed like he wasn't actually expecting to win. Once he was elected, he kept many of the officials from Obama's administration, who in my opinion, kept him in line and made sure he didn't do anything too crazy. However, this time I'm sure he's prepared to win and has a whole team of officials lined up, ready to take over their roles. Another concern I have is that he's trying to receive immunity for the crimes he is accused of from the last time he was in office. If this is granted, then what is stopping him from committing more crimes and doing whatever he wants if he's elected again this year? Obviously, I'm not exactly 
sure what will happen, but I just worry that this country will be changed forever for the worst. I think personal freedoms will become more and more limited, and I have a sinking feeling that there will never be, that there may never be another Democratic president in office if Trump does win this year. I could easily see more gerrymandering or voter fraud happening with no repercussions, as I mentioned above. I just think that there's going to be no stopping Trump or future Republicans from pressing the metaphorical red button and setting off events that will forever change the country or world. I also fear for my own safety as a Democrat living in a predominantly Republican area, the amount of Trump 2024 and F. Biden flags in my neighborhood shows me how many people aren't afraid to express their views, and I just worry that if he is elected, there's nothing stopping him from rallying his troops, and there being widespread violence across the country. After the January 6th attack in 2021, there were a lot of people standing on the main street in my city with machine guns harassing pedestrians and drivers. Law enforcement did nothing to stop this, and I just fear this sort of thing would become a part of everyday life. What if armed guards are at the grocery store demanding voter registration or religious identification and preventing anyone but white Christian Republicans from entering. Obviously this sounds crazy, but seeing how polarized our country has become and the community I'm surrounded by, I could easily see this becoming a reality at some point in the future. Like I said, I don't know where things will go, but I'm sure the polarization will come more and more extreme and things will get worse and worse. I want to conclude by saying to anyone listening that I know there are many nice, respectable, and rational Republicans out there. I don't mean to make generalizations about the whole group of people. I just know that in my community, many people are so bold and extreme in their opinions, and with Trump in office again, I just have a bad feeling about the future. I wish that our country wasn't so polarized, and I miss the days when people could just calmly talk about their views and respect one another. So, anonymous listener checking in some uh, predictions about 2024. Yeah, I imagine those listening will, will feel how they feel about it, but I appreciate, number one, uh, that you were very considerate of that. And number two, really the concerns in regards to the polarization uh, that you see, and sort of just wondering, well... If you look back, let's say, 10, 15, 20 years to where things are now, you might think things have really changed, so what's to prevent things uh, from changing more? And really, I don't think in all of the predictions that I've uh, read and have gone through, uh, there is a single one that really mentions the polarization actually getting any better, you know, just things continuing to uh, worsen. So then it gets to a point where you say, well, how far is it going to go? And uh, obviously it's a big question mark. Uh, so will it get as extreme as you see it? And, you know, to just throw an open question, if it were to get that extreme, would it go both ways? And 
would the right-leaning areas be like that, but then the left-leaning areas be like that the other way, would that eventually boil over into civil war? I don't know. Just throwing hypotheticals out there. Thank you, though, for your prediction. This is a show, of course, where all views, I try to share all the views, and uh, as listeners, mull them over and uh, see what makes sense to you. Nathan in Dallas, Texas, writes, I was sad to hear that shortwave is continuing to decrease. I was hoping it was getting a resurgence. I watched a brief documentary on YouTube about shortwave radio. Pretty interesting. Okay, okay, I'll get with the predictions. I'll have to say these are not my predictions. They're from a guy I've followed for the past few years on YouTube. Pretty sure he has some qualities, views I don't agree with, but his reasonings for the predictions are interesting. The short of this, his predictions are mostly based in gematria. So the predictions are that something big will happen in Seattle around June 11th, and that something will happen to Trump around or on August 4th. He's been predicting this for the past few years, and he says he's certain about the dates, just not 100% about the year. There are other weird connections to these predictions that involve news stories, etc., but I won't get into all that for now. I'll be glad to tell you more if you'd like. Just know that at first it will sound absurd. So that's it. June 11th-ish in Seattle, and Trump on August 4th-ish. Nathan, Dallas, Texas, checking in. Uh, I would have to say that if, let's say, something significant, whatever it may be, uh, be that some sort of, I have to assume, something bad, uh, in Seattle, let's say, happens on June 11th, I would imagine that anyone that listens to this show, or uh, listens, you know, to the guy that you got these from, uh, would all of a sudden be looking on August 4th uh, extremely intently. Uh, So obviously very specific dates there. Something interesting to take note of. Oliver in Sydney, Australia. A short but serious prediction, my prediction for 2024, is that Donald Trump will win the election, but then be shortly... but then he'll be assassinated shortly afterward. The result will be outrageous, resulting in protests and riots that will culminate in a full-blown armed conflict. Not saying it would necessarily be something as severe as a civil war, possibly a militia guerrilla war of sorts, Just that whatever happens if Trump gets in office, it will be dire. So Oliver in Australia checking in. We have an anonymous listener who writes, Don't have much, but I thought I would contribute. I predict that Trump will win the 2024 election, and the Republicans retain the House and take control of the Senate. I predict the stock market has a slow year, but still ekes out a single-digit gain, and the Fed will lower rates by 0.5 to 1%, and I also predict the report of the week reaches 3 million subscribers. So thank you for your prediction. Uh, It's interesting that you also mentioned the other houses of Congress in regards to uh, the 2024 election. I'm not sure if I mentioned that in my own prediction or not. I don't don't think that I did. Uh, So, personally, uh, I would see 
the Senate looks like Republicans would probably win it. Uh, that seems most likely to me. As far as that's concerned, I'd say Republicans are the very heavy favorite, uh, especially they will easily flip West Virginia. That goes really without saying. Uh, and then you have a few swing states, especially Montana and Ohio, where it's looking extremely likely that, of course, for the presidential election, both of those states would be red states. They pretty much are in every regard. But in the Senate, the two seats held in Ohio and Montana uh, are both held by Democrats. And if the Republican wins in West Virginia, which I would say is 100% guaranteed, then at best the Senate would be 50-50 split. Now, if Trump wins then obviously the Senate would be Republican to begin with because the vice president would be the tie-breaking vote. Uh, but even if that's not the case, you would still have Montana and Ohio, and if even one of those flips, then the Republicans would uh, control the Senate, which at this point they don't. At this point, the Senate, albeit by a very slim majority, is Democrat, but very, very slim. So any of these states could make a difference, and uh, you have predictions all over the place, but it would really wouldn't surprise me at all if Montana or Ohio happened to flip. So the odds heavily favor, in my opinion, the Republicans winning the Senate. As far as the House, the House would actually be a little bit closer and could technically go either way, uh, but I've seen predictions that suggest that maybe the House would actually go to the Democrats and the Senate would go to the Republicans, interestingly. But I think a lot of people see it being pretty close either way. Uh, I mean, I remember seeing before the midterms in 2022 predictions suggesting that, you know, the Republicans would win every single competitive seat and would hold 250 seats, you know, in the House of Representatives, and instead, I think they barely got 220. So then, you know, now all eyes turn to uh, some of the competitive seats, you know, that they think, well, now every seat could really matter. So they'll be looking at seats, especially uh, the ones held by Republicans in California, you know, such as some of the seats that are held by, uh, let's say, David Valadeo and Mike Garcia, those two especially, or over on the East Coast, uh, looking at some of the seats in New York, such as the uh, district that was formerly held by George Santos, or even a little bit to the north, uh, the one that is currently held by Mike Lawler. Uh, these are all you know, seemingly very competitive districts that, if it's close, could easily... Uh, determine who holds the house, but we will see. We hear from B-Dub in Lewiston, Maine. 2024 will be one of the most turbulent years in recent memory. In February, former President Jimmy Carter will pass away. In July, the Second American Civil War will begin with no end in sight. Some dire predictions there. We've got Matt in Tampa, Florida. Three predictions. I'll keep them short. The first is that bankrupt cities and states will begin selling naming rights to many public landmarks, 
So get ready for Pepsi Presents The Brooklyn Bridge, the Alamo brought to you by Dos Equis and the Caterpillar Incorporated's Grand Canyon. This trend may start off slow, but will take off out of necessity. Second, I think there will be a window where AI will actually help people in the dating market. This is because AI, if given enough factual information, can probably do better than people recklessly swiping right or left based on a half-second view of a photo. Once the dating apps realize this, however, they will put this cap- they will put this capability behind an expensive paywall as it isn't profitable to genuinely help people. And thirdly, I believe we will see a 2008-style bailout of the auto industry. This is because companies continue to manufacture vehicles that are too expensive for the average person. Dealers refuse to sell empty lots at a loss, and more vehicles are being repossessed from consumers. I believe all parties involved are just waiting for the bailout because no one is adjusted their behavior. Hope I'm wrong about all three. Matt, Tampa, Florida. God, you know, the first one sounds so dystopian, but I could see it. Yeah, I could, I could, I could see it. could see it happening. <laughs> Though I, I'll admit the, the Alamo brought to you by Dos Equis, that <laughs> something so surreal about that, I can't help but, but laugh there. Brad checks in. I believe that the distrust between the public and media sources will continue. By that I mean how once an article is read, it becomes the basis in which every counter-article is held to, which will lead to even more heated arguments and topics. I also predict that there will be a scientific breakthrough of some sort that will be released to the public, be it just research or an actual product of some kind, It'll be something that creates a noticeable change for the better, but of course will be met with initial opposition. Finally, I think AI, be it for better or worse, will become the new standard tool for most practices. Love it or hate it, I think it's here to stay. Honestly, AI is not what bothers me about the whole thing, it's the people behind it. It's not a mystery, that insidious behavior is commonplace when it comes to technological advancements. But just like how cars came around, this is another tool that we will just assimilate into our day-to-day lives. Brad, thanks for checking in. Joanne in San Diego, California writes, I am concerned that this will be a year filled with serious natural disasters and worldwide political unrest earthquakes, flooding, fires, and political coups. I hope I'm wrong. Thanks and take care. Joanne, thank you for your prediction. A turbulent year ahead, and uh, hopefully 2024 will, despite obviously the sentiment that we all seem to have, will by some miracle be a year of stability and uh, somehow an odds-defyingly good year. May it be. Chris, in West Sussex, England. I feel that 2024 will largely be an unhappy year for the planet. Climate crises will continue to increase and set records with wildfires, unseasonable freezes, 
sweltering heat waves, and record rainfall. Global conflicts will take center stage, with the Israel-Palestine war spreading to become a Middle East conflict. China will continue to prod at the United States. Some small skirmishes will occur concerning the South China Sea Islands, and the Chinese yuan will become the most powerful currency globally. I think fast food outlets will continue endorsing celebrities through meal deals, and we'll see a Lil Nas X meal or an Ariana Grande box. One of the fast food chains will release a protein menu targeting gym enjoyers. Biden will lose in the U.S. presidential race by a couple of percentage points, but I cannot say whom by. In the U.K., the conservative leadership will be ousted in the general election, and the Labour Party will once more take power. Our cost-of-living crisis will continue, however, with corporations showing record profits and household incomes reduced. To finish on a positive note, there will be a new marine discovery that will wow scientists of a rarely seen creature. Chris, West Sussex, England, checking in. Thank you for your prediction. Yeah, that's a, that's a trend you see a lot with a lot of big companies. No matter what happens, uh, year after year of record profits. Uh, no matter what else happens. Uh, the marine life discovery, though, that would, that would be interesting. I've always been fascinated by the oceans that I know would, would uh, really captivate me. This prediction comes in from Chip, who writes, The herd mind will realize, thanks to AI slash neural net technology, we could no longer know if video or audio is real. In turn, 2023 will be considered the year we lost naivete to trusting our eyes and ears. There will be a corporation that goes under due to a terminal error from premature over-reliance on an AI system. Lewis Hamilton will win the F1 World Driver Championship. Saudi Arabia will attempt to buy Formula One. Jeff Bezos' new Glenn rocket will make it to orbit on its first try. SpaceX will have a disaster trying orbital re-entry. Managing long COVID will leave being a cottage industry and come to the spotlight as insurance companies start altering policies based on COVID diagnoses. People will start wearing masks without complaint as cardiovascular issues become an obvious scourge. Everyone will know someone with atrial fibrillation problems and will talk about how being sick multiple times a year is not normal. Elon Musk will make a surprise play at offering cell and internet provider services through Twitter via Starlink. It will be cheaper than Verizon, Comcast, etc. Dixie Alley tornadoes will set records, creating talk about real estate that is in areas less affected by climate change increasing in value. A Ukraine F-16 pilot will attempt to make it to Moscow and bomb the Kremlin. China will start a price war with Tesla, 
by suddenly selling BYD vehicles in the States 20% less than comparable Tesla models. Musk shutters Shanghai Gigafactory. Chip, thank you for your predictions. This next prediction comes in from Benjamin. I believe that the year of 2024 will be a very chaotic one. With it being an election year, I think tensions could rise in the U.S. I believe that this will actually take away from the Israel-Palestine conflict, even though the conflict will not find resolution anytime soon. I am unsure who will win the election in 2024, but I predict this will be one of the best showings from a third party in a long time. In the sports world, the NFL will see the Ravens win the Super Bowl and the Kansas State Wildcats win March Madness. I hope that this is an excellent year for VORW and the report of the week. Benjamin, thank you for your prediction. Yeah, the theme that I'm seeing for 2024 is that, indeed, uh, it likely will be a chaotic year. I mean, that's what I'm expecting as well. Uh, it's it's hard for me to believe that it, it won't be a chaotic one, especially uh, here in the U.S. I've seen also a lot of people mention the third-party uh, potential for 2024, as there are a lot of folks out there that... You know, they might have their favorite for the election, uh, but there isn't necessarily a lot of enthusiasm as far as a Trump-Biden rematch is concerned. And uh, as a result, I could easily see either A, a lot of people just sitting this one out, or B, uh, perhaps voting, be that out of genuine support or perhaps protest, uh, for a third party. You know, the only question, of course, will be uh, which third party candidate would... Uh, benefit most greatly, probably be RFK, if uh, I had to guess. And uh, otherwise, you know, would it be something like, uh, let's say, going back for reference to uh, the 1990s, particularly the 1992 election, with Ross Perot on the ballot, where he got a significant percentage of the popular vote, but he didn't win any states, he didn't win any electoral votes, and the amount of counties that he actually carried was extremely, extremely low. Uh, Maybe it was around 15 or so, if my memory serves me correct. Uh, Despite getting almost 20 million votes, it was kind of equally distributed in every county, Uh, so he perhaps served as a spoiler of sorts, while not, uh, again, winning much as far as actual counties or uh, electoral votes are concerned. To me, that seems like how it would probably be if there is that great uh, third-party turnout, as opposed to, uh, let's say we go back a little bit more for historical precedent to the 1968 election where you had George Wallace on the ballot, and uh, he's the last third-party candidate that actually carried a number of states uh, where he handedly won most of the the Deep South. But uh, time will tell, of course. Thank you, Benjamin. Marshall sends in a few predictions. The Israel-Palestine war will continue. I think a neighboring Muslim country will get directly involved and escalate the war. In the United States, either Joe Biden or Donald Trump 
may be assassinated while campaigning. Travis Kelsey will retire from football, marry Taylor Swift, and start a family after the 2024 season concludes. <laughs> it won't be a happy marriage. Thank you, Review Bro, for your time and effort. Thank you, Marshall. Certainly a uh, chaotic year, you predict, for the U.S. Uh, of course, not just politically, but I think more so the uh, chaotic marriage that would occur uh, as far as Taylor Swift is concerned. So, uh, <laughs> thank you there. Jack from Swansea, South Wales, UK, writes, I predict that 2024 will be relatively quiet compared with the last three years. I believe what you said in your latest podcast to be true. Scientific theories we believe to be so concrete can indeed be proven wrong. A theory is only supported by experimental evidence, and it only takes one experiment which is dissatisfactory with respect to the theory on which it is predicted to disprove it. Newton's theory of gravity was disproved by Einstein's, however, the difference was so negligible that Newton's theory can still correctly predict the world to a high degree of accuracy, so we still use it. If anyone is curious to read more in this, I recommend Professor Hawking's A Brief History of Time. He elaborates much more on this than I could ever. I predict not in 2024, but some point in the not-too-distant future, that widely regarded to be true, scientific theory will be disproven, even if by a degree that it still has a relatively high degree of accuracy. Geopolitically, I predict that the Russia-Ukraine conflict will continue. I don't expect NATO or the UN to interfere much at all, and I don't think there will be a favorable outcome for Russia or Ukraine, but an ongoing conflict still by the end of the year. And I predict that COVID's pandemic status will be withdrawn, and that instead it will become a public health concern. I really don't hear or see much of it in the news any longer. I do believe this prediction to be a shot in the dark, however. Thank you for all your hard work on the podcast. I appreciate you for keeping me company during my shifts at Domino's driving out on the road. So thank you, Jack, listening from Swansea. And thank you for your predictions and your, uh, I think, well-written thoughts in regards to scientific theories. And uh, interesting about the COVID. Yeah, you're right, though. You don't really hear about it too much anymore, do you? I think the last time it was really making the news was maybe around... September or so, I think it was, where uh, there was talk about, you know, some mandates coming back, but uh, there was so, so much pushback to it that that kind of exited the news cycle as quickly as it entered. And, uh, you know, now it kind of gets lumped in with everything else. It's like, yeah, you know, you've got the flu and some stomach bugs going around and COVID too. And, you know, it just gets lumped in with all the other stuff. Uh, not necessarily the, uh, sort of cataclysmic portrayal it was getting uh, through 2020 and uh, 2021, I would say. Dave checks in. I think we will start seeing a lot more home video of UFOs. With all that info from the government and the Mexican aliens, I think more people will start sharing videos of aliens 
and spacecraft. I think we will see high-definition videos as well, not the blurry stuff we have been getting. And as a bonus prediction on sports, I think the San Antonio Spurs will go on a 20-game win streak, and Victor Wimbanyama will win NBA Rookie of the Year. Happy New Year from Dave. Thank you, Dave. It's interesting about the UFO situation. It would certainly be nice if a clear and consistent video of them does emerge, and not, you know, just some blurry lights floating around, but uh, as you wagered, you know, actual uh, consistent uh, defined video, you know, wherein you could actually see uh, the particular craft and then, you know, leave that to open interpretation, perhaps, uh, whether one wishes then to wager that it's uh, an experimental aircraft, surveillance, drones, or uh, if it is actually extraterrestrial in nature, and uh, some sports predictions as well. Be interesting, of course. I'm not a big sports person at all, but it'll be interesting to see if such a win streak does occur. Let's go to Aaron now. Without preamble, my predictions. I think the geopolitical situation will continue to get worse. The conflict in Ukraine will drag on for another year at least. More people will lose their lives and livelihood, and very little will change in territorial terms. My only hope is that things do not escalate. There are many things that could really spiral out of control, and I hope we avoid those at least. I believe I said something similar last year, but times like these are times for focusing on the small world. Projects, family, friends. Speaking personally, I hope this year to improve my career situation, perhaps finding a way to earn money that is of some use to other people. I hope you are well, and that 2024 is a good one for you. From Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. And I know you're a long-time listener, so as always, it is nice to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, the, I think a lot of people feel the same way about Ukraine. Uh, initially, I believed that it would have a pretty quick and decisive uh, victory for Russia. That that was how I saw it in early 2022. Uh, but very quickly, you know, it became much more of a stalemated conflict, uh, obviously due to the, number one, of course, the fierce Ukrainian resistance, but number two, because of all of the, uh, the aid from the West. And uh, as a result, though, it's just left a, a stalemated sort of situation. Uh, I think that some people do underestimate Russia, and that's just me saying that, that's my opinion. But, you know, I've seen time and again people that make these sorts of uh, conjecturous statements wherein they will hypothesize Russia's going to run out of ammunition any day now, they're going to run out of missiles any day now. I think it's been two years since they were supposed to run out of ammunition, and that hasn't happened at all. And I think people do underestimate, you know, the self-sufficiency that they have, but also the fact that uh, Russia has some powerful allies of whom they're trading with, and uh, they're keeping everything going in that regard. So that's why Russia could essentially just keep this going as long as they they want to. And uh, that cannot be forgotten, whereas Ukraine is essentially dependent on what the West gives them. But 
you know, based on what you're seeing, I could I could see it the same way, where things don't change all that much, and uh, it's just, you know, if there is any progress for either side, it's just inch by inch, and uh, at an enormous cost, but we will see, right? Sometimes there can be those situations where it looks like it's going to go so slowly, then something changes, something happens, and everything falls apart, and it's like, what? You know, how did that happen? For instance, now granted, this is a totally different situation, but back in 2021, with Afghanistan, when Afghanistan was fighting the Taliban, you know, it was obvious by the summer of 2021 that the Taliban had the upper hand, but conventional logic still dictated that the Afghan army, because again, they were being supported largely by the West, they had all this Western training and equipment, and were larger in number than the forces of the Taliban, that they were still going to provide a formidable defense, and even though they likely were going to lose in the end, uh, they were still going to make it difficult for the Taliban. So everyone expected that the major cities across Afghanistan would not be uh, claimed by the Taliban for a period of months. Uh, let alone Kabul. People thought that it was going to be a months-long siege and bitter block-by-block fighting, and uh, instead, pretty much all the major cities, including including Kabul, uh, fell within a period of weeks, and it was over just like that. So, you know, things could still happen very quickly. And uh, I like your emphasis, you know, as far as as far as focusing on the small world is concerned. You know, while it could be important to look at the big picture, I, th- I think you're absolutely right, where it's not... You cannot, I should say, lose sight of some of those small personal things that, let's be honest, I think are far more important in many instances than these big geopolitical events, right? The people we love and care about, the things closest to us, uh, what we have going on in our lives, we, we of course cannot forget about any of that. So, good prediction. This is a particular one from Pat. It's a weather prediction. So, he writes, In August 2024, I predict Category 5 Hurricane Joyce will barrel through the east coast of the United States and deal subsequent damage to New England and Nova Scotia. And sports-wise, the Los Angeles Dodgers will beat the Baltimore Orioles to win the World Series. So thank you, Pat. Hurricane Joyce. Joyce, indeed, is on the list of uh, 2024 Atlantic Hurricane names. And we will see. Of course, we will see, indeed. I have seen some very long-term climatological models that, you know, have suggested, and take this with a grain of salt, that the Atlantic hurricane season may prove to be a rather active one. Time will tell. Hopefully, you know, there won't be any uh, devastating storms, but in the end, these impacts do happen. And people do forget that the Northeast is not immune from powerful hurricanes. They have been fortunate not to get a devastating impact. As bad as Sandy was those years back, 
there have been worse. You know, you go back to the 1930s, there was a Category 3 hurricane that made landfall in Long Island. Could you imagine that? You know, you think about those things, you think about that happening here in Florida, for instance, not in Long Island, but when the circumstances are uh, correct, then it could happen. And then if you want to go back even further, go back to the 1600s, the Great Colonial Hurricane, as it was called. Obviously, the precise instrumentation uh, didn't exist at the time, but recent estimates uh, suggest that the storm hit again around the Long Island area, went into New England as a potential Category 4 hurricane. Let us hope that doesn't happen, but you know, it's... It has happened before, and you cannot forget that. It might not happen for uh, all that frequently, but it's happened before, and, you know, the truth is, there will be a day where it will happen again. Right? The only question is when. So, uh, Hurricane Joyce, we will see. Uh, There's always a lot of uh, speculation here in Florida about the storms, the eye storms. So for 2024, that would be Hurricane or Storm Isaac. In 2023, that was Hurricane Idalia. The thing with uh, the storms with the letter I is that those are always the systems that seem to have an impact, a notable impact on Florida. Especially recently, for instance, you had, in 2017, Hurricane Irma, which hit the state. You had, in 2022... Hurricane Ian, which uh, had a considerable impact. And then you had, uh, last year, Hurricane Idalia, which uh, went up the coast, the west coast of uh, Florida, hit the Big Bend region. So a lot of people here say that the the I name on the list is cursed. But uh, I suppose, again, time will tell. Corwin writes, I have a few odd predictions that will hopefully be a light-hearted break from what I predict may be a gloomy outlook on the future. I think a big fast food chain, such as In-N-Out or Whataburger, will show up in Orlando and you will be invited to the grand opening to cut the ribbon. In one food review video this year, you will don a top hat. I likewise predict there will be a resurgence of the energy drink reviews reviving the once the original once-a-week format where we have to wait on the edge of our seats until the next week to find out the effects of the drink. And finally, during the U.S. presidential election... <laughs> oh, this is a good one. Enough people will pencil in review bra that it briefly shows up in a small percentage of votes in the major news network streams of the vote counting before disappearing forever, leaving people to question if they really saw it. (laughs) Happy 2024. Thanks, Corwin. Nice to hear from you too, Corwin. And uh, I appreciate your predictions. Donning of a top hat. You know, I think that there was, long ago, a video where I actually did don the top hat. Uh, You know, at the time... Now, I've always liked top hats. I'll, I'll be real. I've always enjoyed them. I don't think that's much of a surprise to anyone. Of course I like top hats. You know, it's should go without saying. But, you know, the top hats that I like are the ones 
because of course, right, given my luck, are the ones that are damn near impossible to find these days. And uh, those are the, you know, the silk top hats, the ones that are always black, but that are very shiny. And those are so difficult to find at this point. But those were the real deal, you know, those were the top hats that a lot of people wore back in the, you know, the Victorian era and uh, the Edwardian era. You look at the old black and white pictures of the time and, uh, you know, you see politicians or, or really even anyone. It wasn't just reserved for that. There were, for the time, again, plenty of folks that just wore top hats. And uh, they always had that shine to them. And nowadays, when you look at top hats uh, for sale, those are so difficult to find. They really don't get made anymore. I mean, there's still a few that exist, but they're very, very difficult to come by. But those are the ones that I like. But uh, years ago, I I did wear a top hat in a video, but it was not one of those top hats. You know, I've, I've never actually had one of those real nice ones. You know, I have the ability to get one if I wanted to, but, you know, it's it's like a, it's a matter of should I or now. You know, it's like, especially given the price. But it's always a loose thought. And, uh, the resurgence of energy drinks. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, of course, if uh, there will be more energy drink reviews this year. I've personally no objection to the energy crisis series. Maybe I'll bring a few of them back for old time's sake, right? Might be something. But for those of you who don't know, that's how I got my start with YouTube. I started the channel. At this point, it's surreal to say, but close to 13 years ago. And I started it out solely reviewing energy drinks. And uh, I didn't even review a single food item for almost the first year. It was just energy drinks. And uh, that's what essentially the flagship series of the channel was for several years. Uh, I was, you know, the energy drink person. And uh, I did the energy drink reviews pretty regularly, I would say up until maybe 2016 or so. And the reason for the kind of putting more of an emphasis on the food, it was simply a move in order to grow the channel more, uh, because while there certainly is a percentage of folks out there that like the energy drinks and, you know, consume them with uh, regularity, the uh, fast food items have a greater applicability. So that's why. But, uh... Yeah, it's been a while since I've reviewed an energy drink, so maybe one of these days I'll just go for it, you know, and and bring it back. And then I guarantee if you if I do that, keep your eyes peeled on the uh, comments and you're going to see person after person that's going to think energy crisis. Why did you say energy crisis instead of running on empty? You know, because it's been years since I've done that series. So it's going to be it's going to take some people by surprise. But, uh, thank you for your prediction and the, the write-in vote campaign. That would be, that would be surreal if that did happen. Cameron in Australia, long-time listener, first-time caller. 
The prediction is regarding the 2024 U.S. election. My thoughts are around the average person's perception regarding the chances of a Trump victory. As someone who has no preference who wins, as I am not American, but still enjoys consuming U.S. politics, I find it interesting how most Americans at this point that are not hard right would view Joe Biden as the favorite to win. However, betting markets would suggest otherwise, with Trump being the $2.50 favorite to win or plus 150 in U.S. odds. In summary, Trump will win the election, which I feel will be a major shock to a lot of people. Cameron in Australia. Thanks, Cameron. Always good to see someone abroad who uh, still has an interest in the the U.S. politics and, uh, of course, politics elsewhere in the world. They're plenty interesting, but, you know, I think a lot of people see what a what a spectacle the presidential election here is. And, uh, you know, I think some people follow it sometimes just because it's interesting, but sometimes just for the uh, the entertainment and what a mess it is. But, uh, yeah, I, I see exactly what, what you mean. I see it the same way. I think a lot of people think that, uh, you know, and, and things could change, of course, right? I'm saying this here in January. You look back to 2020, right before COVID happened, and uh, there was that sort of same sentiment. Now, I will submit, right before the 2020 election, I did feel that Trump was being underestimated. Uh, when I was seeing in the polls, because I follow the polls, I follow I follow the betting markets to all of that stuff. Uh, I like looking at this stuff, and uh, because, you know, politics is such a contentious field, obviously, I kind of stay on the sidelines, but I, I watch intently. And I remember seeing the polls, and before Election Day, there were some outlets that had Biden up by 17 points in Wisconsin. And you had outlets saying that he was going to win Florida by, you know, five or six points. And Biden was going to narrowly win Texas by a point or two. And it was supposed to just be an absolute blowout. Now, I had a feeling, and I didn't say this in any of the podcasts or any of that, but number one, I had a feeling that Florida was not going to vote for Biden in 2020. I was just not seeing that at all. I was paying attention to what I saw on the ground. You know, I'll just get a certain feeling for things. Same thing in 2016. I just knew that Florida was going to go red in that election. And uh, and that was all that there was to it. You know, you can just read the room, so to speak. So similarly, in 2020, I thought... I just don't see that happening, right? I just don't, I don't see Florida going blue, let alone by, by numerous points. And I think that it's going to be a lot closer nationwide than people estimate to the point where I could see it being a coin toss and I could see a Trump victory in 2020 being as likely as a Biden victory. Now, you know, as far as the public consensus at the time, that was a ridiculous and absurd viewpoint to have, but it's just what I felt. And uh, sure enough, 
a lot of people might look at the popular vote and they might think, well, you got that one wrong, didn't you? Because Biden won by several million more votes than Trump did. But when you actually look, you know, of course the popular vote is what it is. But if you look about, okay, how many votes actually decided the election, if you look at it via the Electoral College? 40,000 votes. That's it. It was probably even less than 40,000. But that's it. So you could say, well, Biden, you know, he won by millions and millions of votes. But of all those millions, it was just 40,000 votes, just the population of a mid-sized town that would have swayed the result of the 2020 election. And that's pretty darn close, if you ask me. Right? About 10,000 votes in Arizona, 10,000 votes in Georgia, 20,000 votes in Wisconsin. You flip those three states and you would have yourself a Trump victory in 2020. So... The feeling I had going into the election was that it was going to be much closer than people thought. And that indeed was the case. Now, no doubt there are going to be changes, right? And there could be drastic things that are going to happen. As it stands, in January, I think it's going to be, right? It's, it might be another sort of 2020-esque uh, situation. The odds might be a little different, though. Right? Time will tell. But right now... I think if the election were held today, and I mentioned this earlier, the result would shock a lot of people, and they wouldn't see it coming. So, interesting predictions there, and we will see. That's, that's kind of where I think things stand right now. Uh, but again, you know, could it change? Perhaps it will, right? We will see. But if things continue this way, then I remain steadfast in my prediction, and, uh, and yours makes an awful lot of sense to me. We've got some interesting thoughts coming in from Noah in Nova Scotia, Canada, who writes, I believe that 2024 will see Donald Trump lose the presidential election by a very close margin. I believe that the West craves safety, centrality, and mundanity, and it will make what appears to be the more reasonable choice when it comes down to it. The last four or five years have been tumultuous, and the next few aren't shaping up to be any different. AI's usage and development will outpace regulation to an absurd degree. 2024 will see a new wave of university students who begin to earn degrees through essays and online exams that they didn't write. This will have negative, long-term implications. In 2024, Russia will win the war in Ukraine. Support will wane as Ukrainian forces cease to deliver tangible victories, and the Russian war machine will creep ever forward into enemy territory. The whole conflict will end unceremoniously and gradually, <laughs> and people will quickly forget all about it, as they did with Crimea. <laughs> yeah, to interject, I think you got that right. It... It'll just fade out of memory. Israel will end its campaign against Hamas and declare victory after announcing that some arbitrary objective has been accomplished, i.e. killing a Hamas leader or claiming another section of an underground tunnel system destroyed. In reality, Palestinians will be relegated 
to a smaller geographical area, and much of their former homeland will be decimated and it cannot be redeveloped in years. For years, a new generation of Westerners will come of age with an antagonistic perspective of Israel. YouTube Shorts will not gain in popularity. YouTube Premium Memberships will increase as ads become more frequent. Taco Bell <laughs> Taco Bell will release its worst menu item in the history of the franchise, and the Baltimore Ravens win the Super Bowl. Best wishes and hope your year is a great one. Noah from Nova Scotia, Canada. Some varied predictions there. I like that you kind of, you touched on a little bit of everything. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, if in- indeed, you know, the 2024 election is uh, quite close. And if Biden kind of squeaks through with a narrow victory. AI's usage, yeah, I could, I could easily see that. Especially what you mentioned with the colleges and uh, university students who uh, begin literally fabricating their sorts of of assignments and essays and exams and all of that, and any sorts of tools to try to detect anything written by AI, etc., just will not be able to keep up. And absolutely, that it will have nothing but a negative long-term implication. And, you know, you'll see people that will occasionally throw out the term the competency crisis, right? This would have a drastic implication on that, and uh, not a good one at that. It would uh, make everything crater even faster than it already is. Uh, interesting prediction, of course, about the situation in Ukraine. And uh, obviously, I think if it does end in that way, no, ma- well, no matter how it ends, uh, you're absolutely right. People are going to forget the... Uh, they're going to forget all about it at some point. That's my belief, anyway. They won't be able to point to Ukraine on a map. They're not going to be able to identify the flag. They're going to say, they're going to look at the Ukrainian flag and they're going to sit there and say, oh, is that, is that the, uh, the flag of uh, England or something? <laughs> you know, and, uh, and it'll be a struggle to remember it. There are many serious current events that we all just forget about. It's like, you know, there was a time in early 2021. You know, there was a time in early 2019 when you had a few conflicts seemingly heating up around the globe. You had the intensifying civil war in Libya. Huh? What? What What are you you talking about? You mean the one back in 2011 with Gaddafi? No. The one in 2019. Huh? But that was all over the news for the time, but no one remembers that. Or what about the time where it seemed as though India and Pakistan were right on the brink once again in Kashmir. Huh? Yeah, I know that it's tense there, but what do you mean? I don't remember any of that, but again, for a time, that was all over the news. Yeah, there are some things that still live on, but there's other events not to be demeaning of the parties involved, but they simply just fall out out of our memories because we've only sort of a finite amount of space and uh, in our brains and we just relegate certain things to the back and you know then it's like we just we forget about it
<laughs> and the Taco Bell prediction. Yeah, I think that I could I could easily see that one happening. Thanks for writing in once again. Ah, on a similar note, Aiden from the Raleigh Durham area in North Carolina. I've been listening to your podcast on Spotify for about two years now, and it was actually my number one listened podcast in 2023. Over 3,000 minutes listened. I love hearing you talk about literally anything, so please keep doing you. Well, to interject, Aiden, thanks for being a regular and diligent listener of the program, and I'll be right here at the microphone. You could count on that. You continue. My prediction for 2024 is that, with all the advancements we saw with AI in 2023, we will see a flurry of government and or legal battles around AI. I anticipate a ton of conversation around AI ethics laws, intellectual property, data privacy, etc. These battles may occur between major companies, i.e. Meta versus Apple, between companies and the government, or just normal citizens suing companies and or other citizens. I'm curious what your thoughts are on the topic, because AI will change every aspect of society in some capacity. I know you're generally skeptical of social media, other forms of new media and big tech, but I think we can all see the potential for AI to create small and monumental advancements, and possibly regressions for society, but I can't help but think we haven't thought a ton about how we plan to govern AI development and usage moving forward. I wish you the best. Stay safe and healthy. Thank you from Aiden. Aiden, thank you. Good prediction there in regards to AI. Yeah, I, I think AI will, you know, continue to to develop through 2024. The way I see it, I think the question is just going to be how far is it going to go? Right? Is it going to just continue to grow and become more and more uh, consequential? Or is it essentially going to reach a plateau and essentially its capabilities will be, you know, realized, but it eventually will not be able to exceed a certain point? You know, and I think it's, I think the jury is out on that. I think some people kind of think that it's just going to continue to improve and advance and, and revolutionize the entire world, uh, whereas other folks believe maybe it's just going to have its limit and it's not going to be able to do something beyond a certain point. And perhaps some expectations we may have of it may border a bit more on wishful thinking than anything else. And uh, then it's just going to be more of sort of like eventually a time waster as opposed to the revolutionary concept that changes everything. We will see. You know, I still sort of, I lean toward the latter myself. I think that there will be a limit, but you know what that limit actually is. That, that, that is where there's some uncertainty on my end. But nonetheless, I, I agree with you, though. Uh, I think that there hasn't been a ton of thought put into how to govern or or regulate or any of that as far as AI is concerned. And 
I think a lot of folks, you know, are just kind of blindsided by it. It's like, well, this is cool and all, but uh, how do we manage this? And uh, everyone kind of shrugs their shoulders. You know, they don't really know. Or maybe there will be some solutions, but then the question as far as uh, implementation thereof simply yields a big, uh, a big question mark. I just think no matter what, it's going to cause more problems, especially as mentioned uh, previously, you know, in the field of education. Uh, I think that, sadly, the state of the education system, at least in much of the West, is abysmal, and uh, there's only going to be less learning going on now than ever. And uh, AI is going to you know, it's going to have a large role to play in that. AI, I could see this happening too, wherein AI is going to result in grades going up a bit. But it's not going to be because the kids are actually learning anything. It's not going to be because the kids are are studying more. It's because they're literally falsifying their projects, their tests, whatever it is, their essays, via AI, resulting in a better grade. And I could see some districts and governments and agencies flaunting this, saying, well, I know you people are so critical of the education system and you make such claims, but look, you're wrong. See, it's getting better and better now, and you're just spewing out some agenda about how it really is. When really, they are the ones that are wrong. And yeah, the grades might be going up, but it's for all the wrong reasons. And as a matter of fact, uh, the actual knowledge that's in many of these kids is actually going to be almost lower than it's ever been. And, uh, the, you know, people are going to realize this way too late, and there's nothing that's going to be able to be done about it. But I don't know, that's a pessimistic prediction, but I could see that. It's just... It's a, it, there's a recipe for disaster. We've all the ingredients, and now the only question is, is it going to happen? And uh, I think the odds are pretty high. But, of course, we will see. Uh, I hope not. Because unless the education system gets any better, I don't think anything in this world, especially in the West, is going to get any better. It's actually just going to keep getting worse and worse. And it might be so slowly that we find it hard to uh, to notice, but... Believe me, this might this might really kick things off. Not in a good way. I don't know. I hope not, but we will see. I'll keep this listener anonymous, since it wasn't signed with a name. So, an anonymous listener writes, Three predictions for 2024. One, I think China will further its investments in African countries, strengthening the so-called soft power... China is establishing across the globe. 2. I believe we are on the brink of mass war. Superpowers like Russia, USA, NATO, China, etc. will be involved in wars. I don't know how this will evolve. A potential World War III? Maybe, but I doubt it. Prediction 3. U.S. election. Joe Biden will opt not to run due to declining health. Kamala Harris will run in his place and will win the election. 
So three predictions there, two geopolitical, one uh, U.S. political prediction. Yeah, Africa, uh, definitely a continent that China is continuing, you know, to make those sorts of, of inroads with. And uh, I think that's a reasonable prediction. Uh, so far, they're still investing heavily in it, and I, I, I can't see how that'll really stop. And, uh, you know, on the brink, we will see, right? There might be situations where things could really, really heat up, and they could get close, but uh, hopefully cooler heads will prevail, and uh, that'll be that. I've seen some people float around the idea with Taiwan, for instance. Well, you know, what if China decides, all right, we're going in. Let's, uh, let, let's take what we feel is rightfully ours. Well, what's the U.S. going to do about it? Are we actually going to go toe-to-toe against China? Are we going to drag ourselves into that? Into what would be one of the largest conflicts this country has ever been involved in with potentially devastating repercussions? Is that what we're going to do? Or are we going to try to step back a little bit and say, well, Taiwan, we're still going to support you a little bit, but, you know, we're not going to uh, to sink our own country for your island, essentially. Crude that may be. So we're going to do some training for you, and we're going to give you some arms, but that's about it. I don't know. I don't know. We will see. Hopefully, hopefully we won't see. You know, it's, that's a bad way of putting it. We will see what the future holds. Not that we'll see what happens when that happens. I hope that doesn't happen, but I suppose time will tell. Jamie from Las Vegas, Nevada. Seven predictions. Prediction one. Taylor Swift will get married, but wasn't mentioned, interjecting that it'll be happy or not, so that kind of is open-ended there. Prediction two. Gypsy Rose Blanchard will make a million dollars from various interviews and social media revenue, then divorce her husband by 2025. Prediction three. Donald Trump will be ineligible to run for presidency due to criminal charges. Prediction four. Michael J. Fox will be the next well-known celebrity death. Prediction five. The Tesla Cybertruck will be a financial burden due to the combination of pre-order cancellations and the price markup for all their models, thus resulting in having to sell them at a much lower price as originally listed years ago. Prediction 6. The Los Angeles Dodgers will fail to make the World Series after their record-breaking free agent signings this off-season. Prediction 7. Review Bra will bless us by having more podcasts on Spotify or YouTube this year compared to last year. Jamie from Las Vegas, Nevada, checking in. Thanks, Jamie. An interesting set of predictions. <laughs> Tesla Cybertruck. Definitely a uh, 
it's a vehicle that has a lot of mixed reactions. You have a lot of people that say this is one of the stupidest looking things I've ever seen. But, you know, you get people that love it. They say this is the, the truck of the future. Thank you for your prediction. <laughs> oh, you got a good one right there. <laughs> oh, gosh, I, you know, this one, this, this prediction, it took me a minute. I was just skimming over it right now. And it took me a minute, but now I real, I realize. Okay, this, you got me there. That's a good one. Comes in from Mr. Crab Apples, champion of champions. Dear Mr. Bra, I have a couple of predictions for the year. First of all, I predict the closing of a decent amount of Popeye's locations. The two closest locations by me have consistently empty parking lots, and now hiring signs. And second of all, I predict an increase of friends greeting each other by touching hands while one friend is in the shower, so much so that it becomes ingrained into American culture. Sincerely, Mr. Crabapples, champion of champions. <laughs> you know, for the fun of it, I'm not even going to explain the second one. It took me a, a little moment to get it, but... Uh, I get it, and I'm just going to let that one speak for itself and uh, potentially confuse a couple folks. But we will see. That might You might be onto something, and, uh, and this might be how it works from now on. And uh, as for Popeyes, it's going to be interesting. You know, they've, they've had their ups and they've had their downs. That's, that's for sure. There was, uh, of course, this chicken sandwich craze, which kind of saved the chain. Back in 20, uh, 2019, I guess it was. But, you know, after the fact, there hasn't been... And now this is just my interpretation of it, mind you. I haven't seen as much interest in the chain as there used to be. There was a time, it was especially after, you know, the whole chicken sandwich thing, that Popeyes was one of the chains that I got some of the most interest in. And people really wanted to see anything new from Popeyes. And it was like, whoa, this is, you know, you got to really be on it. Uh, but since then, that's not to say that they have releases that, you know, aren't uh, popular per se, but the level of interest in Popeyes, based on what I have seen directly, is nowhere near what it used to be. As a matter of fact, now, I preface this, I speak from direct experience based on the amount of interest expressed in the reviews I have conducted in the last year. But based on the interest expressed in with Popeyes versus, let us say, KFC and Chick-fil-A, in the last year, Popeyes has consistently come in last. For instance, they released, about seven months ago, their bacon and cheese chicken sandwich. The video got 151,000 views. About a month later, though, KFC released this barbecue chicken sandwich. 
that got 315,000 views. A couple years back, it would have been the opposite. People would have been all over that Popeye's sandwich, and they would have kind of shrugged off the KFC one. So that's interesting. Now, four months ago, Popeye's Sweet and Spicy Wings, 130,000 views. Now, they were good wings, don't get me wrong. They were enjoyable. But the video before that, Chick-fil-A's Honey Pepper Pimento Chicken Sandwich, 400,000 views. Popeye's again, compared to the other chains, comes in last. We draw ever closer. Popeye's Truff Chicken Sandwich. Now, they were setting this thing up for a major release. Like, they had so much faith in this one, it's not even funny. And you can just tell, like, I don't want to say self-assuredness, but almost, where they think, yeah, we got ourselves a hit. And uh, you'll sometimes, you could kind of tell. And that's what they thought that sandwich was going to be, that this was going to be, like, it was going to recreate the hype of their chicken sandwich back in 2019. It got 94,000 views. To put that into perspective... There was some awful sandwich from Burger King that got more views than that Burger King. A horrible celebrity meal from KFC got more meals than that. Got more views than that. People just could not care less about the trough chicken sandwich from Popeyes. And then finally, About a month ago, I did a review for their wings. Now, that one got 250,000 views, but let me tell you something. You know why the video performed as well as it did? If you look at it, there is not a single mention of Popeyes whatsoever. I literally had to distance myself from the brand and product in order for the video to actually generate any interest. So I think that tells you something. I showed the wings in the thumbnail, but there is no Popeyes branding. There is no Popeyes logo. There's no mention of Popeyes in the title. I called it the wings no one cares about. Because that's the truth. As a matter of fact, it's starting to be the chain no one cares about. The fact that in order to draw any attention to Popeyes, you actually have to show nothing to even do with it. Yeah, the writing, you know, it's kind of on the wall. It's not like these other chains where I could explicitly mention Burger King, McDonald's, Taco Bell, Papa John's, Little Caesars. Those still, you know, there's there's some interest, but Popeyes, for some reason... Yeah, they're not doing the best. And I'll tell you what, the Popeyes nearest me, yeah, it's not, uh, it's not jumping either last time I went by there. We will see. There may be cutbacks on the horizon as far as uh, Popeyes has, is concerned, but as far as a chain and a sort of fall from grace, interest-wise, Popeyes is uh, really getting toward the bottom as far as the 
you know, amount of interest I see expressed from the viewing audience. And uh, that thusly, you know, it's like, let's say there's a release next week from Taco Bell and a release from Popeyes. I'm going to prioritize the Taco Bell first because I feel that there's a higher chance that more people want to see that in comparison to Popeyes. I'm actually going to start putting them last because I feel like not as many people want to see it. So uh, that's a problem. That's a problem that they have to look at. And uh, if it turns to be more broad, they've got to deal with it. If not, it's going to get them. As was similarly the case, no name was mentioned, so anonymous listener with four predictions. Major real estate crash. Commercial real estate in particular is being propped up right now. This house of cards will collapse in 2024. Similar scenario with corporate retail chains, such as Walmart. Financial markets will be 20% lower by the end of the year. Prediction 2. Diversity, inclusion, and equity, DEI programs, and similar ideologically driven luxury initiatives will be greatly reduced as a result of this collapse. So I suppose not everything is bad news. Pronouns suddenly become less important when people are hungry or homeless. Prediction 3. Despite previously mentioned economic challenges, Biden wins the election. And prediction four, there's a major pushback against AI under the pretenses of privacy and security reasons, but the actual reason will be fear of jobs being lost. So four predictions there, some interesting ones, uh, especially the correlation you may suggest, uh, really with three of them, Uh, the major real estate crash, and of course the, what would be the obvious grave economic repercussions uh, therewith. And then also the the fallout that that would have uh, with the DEI programs, and you're seeing a lot of that these days, and you see some folks that are all in on it, and, uh, but you are seeing more and more pushback to that to begin with. But obviously if the economy went completely down the tubes, Are people really going to be thinking about that as much? I have my doubts. Ah, we have a listener here who explicitly mentioned to be anonymous. Perfectly fine. My prediction for 2024 is that the Browns miraculously win the Super Bowl. I really hope I don't eat my words. I also have a question, and I'll be happy to oblige. Let's, Let's get to the question. Have you ever heard about... 99942 Apophis. I'll link the wiki page, but essentially, it's a near-Earth asteroid that, in the most extreme case, could threaten to end life on Earth in the year 2036. I'd like to know what you think of apocalypse stories like this, and I would also like to know how you think you would fare in a doomsday event. I appreciate you taking the time to read my email. Thank you, Anonymous. Anonymous listener, thank you for writing. And uh, thank you for your sports prediction. Now, for your question. I have heard of that asteroid, as a matter of fact. I didn't know it 
by name off the top of my head, but as soon as I saw the Wikipedia page, then I knew, oh, yeah, yeah, that is the one I was thinking about. Um, for many years, especially... I remember this going back to the 2000s, probably back... Oh, it's been a while. Maybe I first heard about it in 2006 or 2007. That, you know, oh, way off in the twenty late 2020s and 2030s, which at that time felt inconsequential, there could be this asteroid that has a really small chance, but not a non-zero chance, of having a significant impact on Earth. But uh, from my understanding of it, uh, wasn't it suggested that based on current observations, that risk has essentially pretty much become zero, and that it's not going to happen. Brian submits two predictions. Before I get into my prediction for 2024, I just wanted to say I really enjoy your podcast. In the winter months, I often find myself shoveling snow at either very late night or in the early morning hours, and it's a great companion to the silence and stillness of those times. Well, to interject, it's great to have you listening in, and uh, obviously I am in a warmer climate now, but when I lived in New York, uh, I remember shoveling the snow, and uh, it always did amaze me, because I would shovel it at night myself, and uh, I know exactly what you mean as far as that that stillness and just the silence that it that it has, it's uh, really something. Anyway, on to your predictions. 2023 was an eventful year for those of us who follow the UFO phenomenon. The claims brought before Congress by whistleblower David Grush really captured me, and I find him to be a credible source on the topic. For 2024, I, perhaps overly optimistically, predict that one of the larger world's nations will officially reveal the existence of a long-standing UFO crash retrieval program. There seems to be substantial evidence that these programs have existed for some time, and I feel that we are getting to the point that one of the world's governments will have no other choice but to reveal their existence. So thank you, Brian, for your prediction. Sorry that I said there were two. I, I misspoke. Interesting, though. Interesting prediction on the UFO front. Joe sends in two predictions. First prediction is more so a hope than anything. But I predict the ending of hostilities in both Ukraine and Gaza. As previously mentioned... This is partly just a personal hope, and partly based on what I believe could be a real possibility. Support for financial aid to Ukraine is waning, and general war fatigue is begging to set in amongst the public. I believe the US government may pull funding once all territory taken from the original 2022 invasion has been regained. This territory does not include the Crimean Peninsula. As for Gaza, we are rapidly seeing people getting further and further divided 
by who they support. And it's becoming a hot-button issue that neither side of the political aisle benefits from in the U.S., and as such, it serves them no purpose. I cannot imagine it being allowed to continue for too long. I do unfortunately think that the conclusion will come via the killing of large amounts of Hamas commanders with ten times as many innocent civilians dying in the process. Hamas will still exist, but in a similar fashion to that of ISIS, a militarized group much smaller in number and capability. Thanks for listening to my predictions, and I hope you have a fantastic 2024. Cheers from Joe. Thank you, Joe. It'll be interesting to see where things go in the Gaza Strip. There were some reports that came out the other day of some Israeli troop withdrawals, but what does that mean in the grand scheme of things? Time will tell. Thank you again. Josh in Batavia, Illinois, sends in a few predictions. Says, I'm excited to participate in the show, and while rather grim, here are my predictions for the year 2024. I feel, unfortunately, that the current political landscape and the media will continue to further divide the country. With the upcoming election, I feel this will only deepen the divide, regardless of who wins. I believe the war between Israel and Hamas will continue, causing other countries, such as Iran, to eventually become involved. This, in turn, will spiral and create a situation where the United States and others will be forced to engage in the warfare. This conflict will expand, and the current administration's lackluster foreign policy skills will lead to a third world war. Back at home, the social division will only amplify with the war effort. I do feel that Donald Trump, if he avoids prison, will be re-elected, especially based on current polling. Once elected, I feel that there will be an assassination attempt at some point before he takes office again in 2025. Hopefully 2024 is a better year for humanity than the past few years, but we seem to be in a downward spiral as a society. Wishing you a happy new year, Review Bra. Hopefully we all stay safe and prosperous this 2024. Thanks, Josh. Batavia, Illinois, checking in. An interesting prediction. And I could see what you mean, though. Like, sort of, the conflict in the Middle East spiraling out of control. It's not necessarily, let's say, that one country wants a world war, but one country does. They push a little more, and then the other one pushes back, and then it gets to a point where some sort of step is taken, and then we're forced to do something, and then they have to do something back, and then before you know it, we're, we're all in this mess. It's interesting take. And uh, obviously, as I think we all can see, political turmoil is the theme, uh, because we saw what a, what a nightmare 2020 was, and I uh, think, how could this not happen again, especially when it's looking like a rematch? And, uh, and then, of course, you know, you see people, uh, a lot, it seems, starting to think, well, what if there's, a, there's a, an assassination? Right, because the thing is, we know that there are lots of people out there that feel, well, if 
Trump wins re-election, then it's the end of this country. And conversely, there's people that think, well, if Biden wins re-election, it's the end of this country. And it just takes a few people to think, I have to do something to stop this. And see this this train of thought gets going. And uh, I'm sure in this last year, and continuing, of course, into this upcoming, or uh, this present year, I should say, I'm sure the Secret Service really has their work uh, cut out for them. But uh, I guess a lot of people think, well, one person, you know, slips through the cracks, could be an insider, whatever, and then everything's changed. Obviously, that would dump so much fuel on the fire. It's not even funny if that happens. But uh, obviously, there's a lot of people, you know, there's going to be that unease. And uh, again, time will tell. Selvin in Charlotte, North Carolina. My girlfriend Stacy and I are proud to say we are new fans of you and your work. I predict we will continue to follow you and base our fast food nights on your great reviews. And also, I predict that 2024 will bring about some shocking new insight on the UAP UFO topic, inching closer to disclosure. So thank you. Great to have you both listening in from Charlotte, North Carolina. Welcome aboard, and uh, I hope both this program as well as the reviews make for some enjoyable viewing and listening. And uh, it's an interesting one. I think it was, was it 2019 initially? That was the big year for like UFO disclosure, was that? Sometimes I get this all mixed up. 2020, 2021. I know a couple years ago, like there were those videos from the Navy that came out that were really something. So it'd be interesting to see if if more along those lines uh, continue. Brian in Owensboro, Kentucky. My prediction for 2024 is that more unreleased recordings of Elvis Presley will be found and released on the Follow That Dream record label. Hopefully I am correct. Best regards for a wonderful new year. So thank you, Ryan in Owensboro, Kentucky. And uh, obviously a Elvis Presley fan, I would take it. Chris in Kingston, Rhode Island, writing a, a series of predictions, so let's get to them. There will be enormous advancements in AI that will be scientifically significant, but will cause the elimination of jobs. The existence of UFOs will definitively be confirmed by the US government. Trump will choose Tucker Carlson as a running mate. Joe Biden will withdraw from the presidential race, and Michelle Obama will step in, as the Democratic nominee, she will ultimately win the presidency. Here's an easy one. Harry and Meghan will complain about something. There will be a backlash against electric vehicles as people become fed up with charging costs and charging inconveniences. The economy will experience a soft crash as prices continue to rise and people become increasingly unable to afford necessities. Burger King will 
release something gross and will hold the lowest score for 2024. And finally, in an alternate cool universe, you will be appointed the head of the FCC, <laughs> bringing back shortwave radio across the nation. Thanks for your hard work. A good and happy 2024 to the voice of the report of the week. Thanks, Chris, in Kingston, Rhode Island, checking in. It's nice to have you listening. And a good selection of predictions as well. The one about uh, Harry and Meghan that made me laugh quite a bit. I found that one quite amusing. And uh, the soft crash prediction, too. That's an interesting one. But uh, obviously... If, if things kept going that route, right, and even basic necessities got more and more unaffordable, right, then it would have to get to a head at some point, one may say, right? And then, of course, the question would just be then when and to what extent. And uh, interesting that there was another Michelle Obama-related prediction there. This next prediction, two uh, predictions, actually, come in from Julie in Alpharetta, Georgia. I haven't written in for a while, but still listening to all the shows and watching all the latest YouTube releases. Hope there will be better turnout this year with the predictions. Here's what I'm thinking 2020 has in store. Uh, to interject, thank you for uh, still sticking around. I've know you've, I know you've been with the channel for a number of years, and I'm pleased to say that there's a very good uh, turnout as far as the predictions show goes, so uh, that's some great news in that regard. Anyway, here are two predictions. Prediction one. I think we will see a change in the Oval Office, but I don't think Biden will be re-elected, nor someone like Trump from the conservative side. I think someone entirely new, though perhaps still from one of the two dominating parties, will win the election. There are too many Gen Zers and Millennials that are hungry for change and are seeing right through the jaded lens of our government. The younger generations will start to hold weight in the swing of our elections. And prediction two, just a fun one. I predict we'll see additional Chick-fil-A new releases this year. With the success of the Honey Pepper Pimento Chicken Sandwich, I think they'll throw in a few more surprises this year. I really hope so, because, like you, I was very impressed with the Pimento Sandwich. Hope your year is off to a great start. Here's to making the best of 2024. Thanks, Julie, in Alpharetta, Georgia. Interesting election prediction. Uh, maybe more of like a, a third-party sort of... Uh, victory, or at least very strong showing in the uh, election, but it is interesting because when you do look at uh, a lot of the enthusiasm, especially amongst uh, the younger demographics, uh, there are a lot of people out there that, you know, they do want different names, but uh, then the only question is, will that translate into action, or is uh, the sort of demand overblown? Because that sometimes happens with social media. But uh, it's interesting. There used to be times, about a hundred years ago or so, when third parties were more common, not necessarily as far as winning the elections go, but they were more, more prevalent in uh, elections. And then again, that kind of died down 
after 1968, and uh, that was the last time that any third party won any electoral votes. And then you had the Reform Party in the 90s with Ross Perot, who uh, got a lot of the popular vote, but didn't really win anything. But it's interesting, you know, is change on the horizon, right? We will see. We'll find out later in the year. And uh, as far as your Chick-fil-A prediction, if I may say so myself, I sure hope that comes true because that would be, yeah, uh, that would be really nice because, I mean, I know I said this already in the reviews that I've done, but they really do put a lot of thought into the items that they, uh, that they release. And they just make a genuinely good product, you know? They're one of those few places that, really, I like everything that they offer. And there aren't many, especially, like, fast food chains that I could say that about. Like, there's some places where it's like, oh, all right, their, uh, their burger is okay, or their chicken nuggets are okay, but I sure wouldn't get this, or that, or the other thing, right? But with Chick-fil-A... I pretty much like everything that they offer. And you could pretty much just point to anything on their menu and I'd be happy with it. And there's very, very few places I could say that about, but Chick-fil-A is one of them. So anything, should they release anything, hopefully they'll release something, but anything that they release, I'll be looking forward to. I bet a lot of people will. Frankie sends in a short prediction, sort of going with the theme of AI, because of course uh, I think AI is on a lot of people's minds, as we've seen. My prediction for 2024 is that a groundbreaking film, entirely generated by artificial intelligence, gains critical acclaim, sparking debates about the future of creativity and technology in the entertainment industry. Maybe a studio such as A24. Thanks for your consideration for your podcast show. Thank you, Frankie. Prediction there. I think that's definitely going to happen at some point. And then the only question, of course, is, is it going to be 2024? But you already see AI starting to... And now the verbiage you want to use, it depends. One could say encroach. Others could say just develop into the uh, field of entertainment and you know how last year you were starting to see that conflict between a lot of independent artists against AI because they were saying well these AI pieces are are really hurting us and, uh, and that's not right it will get to a point I bet where now actors are going to start uh, feeling some of that pressure too. And then, you know, the only question is going to be, is it going to be 2024? Or are we still like two to three years out from this or longer? But I think this conflict, the way I see it going, unless AI suddenly hits a wall, it's going to be an inevitability, I think. Prediction request. This one's in all caps. What does this say? Oh, what the heck? I'll read this one comes in from an anonymous listener. My subject today is the Christian rapture. No person can predict the day nor the hour concerning said event. However, I will say through extensive research and biblical poetry verses, 
if this is to here, it could be anywhere in springtime. Of course, this synopsis is supported by the coupling the parameters of Israel feast and biblical scriptures. Many, many devout brethren are longing for that day of our blessed Lord and Savior Christ Jesus. So that comes in from an anonymous listener uh, saying that maybe the, the rapture will be this year, but that it's impossible to name that precise time. So thank you for sending in that prediction. Nine predictions come in from Cashew Paul and says, Below are my predictions for the new year. This is my first time submitting predictions. I hope I followed the guidelines. My apologies if they are too depressing, but hopefully the final prediction will make up for it. Prediction one. There will be a terrorist attack on U.S. soil due to U.S. involvement in the Middle East. Prediction two. A commercial airliner will either crash or have a serious close call. Investigators will discover it was due to human error. 3. Vaccine fatigue will cause an increase in numbers and fatalities from RSV, flu, and COVID. 4. Due to global warming, this year we'll see more EF4 and EF5 tornadoes tear through the south. 5. A major Category 5 hurricane will hit Florida. The devastation will be compared to that of Hurricane Katrina. 6. AI, research and development will make significant leaps with mixed results. Lawmakers will be unable to create legislation quickly enough to keep up with the changing technology. It won't be until a major public figure wins a lawsuit for AI technology portraying them in a compromising way that legislators will take a closer look at regulating companies. 7. Scientists will invest more research into helping the environment, and they will have at least one game-changing breakthrough. 8. The war in Ukraine will continue with little progress from either country, but Russia will find ways to harass Finland for joining NATO. And nine, this one is more wishful thinking than a prediction. Governments will discover that there are indeed benefits to keeping shortwave radio stations in operation. Other stations have already ceased operation of their stations, may get them up and running again. Shortwave listening will continue to be a shadow of its former self, but it will increase enough for stations to sustain operations, and people will see the benefits of investing time and money into shortwave radio. Thank you for what you do to promote the world of shortwave radio, and I hope to submit artwork in the future. Take care from Cashew Paul. Well, thank you for checking in and for nine predictions there. Much appreciated. Tim sends in a few predictions. Prediction one. Men's ties will become fashionable. Studio Ghibli will acquire the rights to Ren and Stimpy. Prediction three. 
British researchers will develop an alcohol replacement. Four, MIT will use cold fusion to power a model ion glider. Five, VORW will record a science fiction radio play. Six, an Easter egg referencing Jeffrey Epstein will be found in a product by a major computer game company. Seven, Noam Chomsky will die of laughter. Eight, Southwest Airlines will create a passenger of hair length policy. Nine, the current species of bananas will be replaced. And prediction ten, the McRib will return. Ten predictions there from Tim. I think all of them seem pretty reasonable, except for number 10. I think McDonald's is going to throw everyone a curveball, and uh, it's never coming back. No, <laughs> I, I kid. Thanks for your predictions, Tim. This listener who goes by the name Scratch writes, Biden will drop out and be replaced by a person who the public did not vote for. Trump will win the GOP nomination, but will be unable to run due to the events that will unfold. All the other GOP runners will not be able to carry the vote in his place. U.S. will have a president that no one voted for via the Democratic replacement for Biden. There will be much uprising due to the way the public will see the events to have taken place, and the president of the U.S. will have many problems and difficulties at home and abroad. During this unrest, governments in the U.S. and E.U. will proceed with central bank digital currencies and electronic ID rollout. People will be afraid of war and unrest and be told that these programs will keep them safe and they will cheer for these programs to be implemented and save them. Also, we will see increasing seismic events, volcanoes, earthquakes, and tsunamis. Human suffering and wars will increase across the globe for most of 2024. Thank you and kindest regards from scratch. Thank you for your predictions. Uh, obviously, turmoil in the U.S. you predict, and then spiraling out of control worldwide, but being taken advantage of by the powers that be, right? Using fear to implement their agenda. So that's an interesting one. Uh, we have a prediction coming in from an anonymous listener in Cumberland, Maryland. I predict that this year there will be a scientific breakthrough of some kind, perhaps along the lines of fusion energy. I also predict another VORW show coming soon. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you, uh, anonymous over there in the state of Maryland. Well, your second prediction has come true, since I'm obviously right here at the microphone right now. Uh, reading that prediction, so you, you were right on the money there. Thank you. Logan in Warrensburg, Missouri. I predict that Disney will dissolve or otherwise significantly restructure, and two, substantial internet censorship legislation will be passed in the U.S. Love your podcast and shortwave show. So thanks, Logan, Warrensburg, Missouri. Disney... You know, I hear a lot of things about Disney. They've obviously found themselves in a lot of uh, hot water the last few years from really all sides. You have even non-political types that sort of say, 
we think that the quality of everything Disney-wise, be that the media or the some of the parks, whatever, anything Disney-related is going downhill. And then obviously you have people with their grievances who say, we think as far as Disney and, you know, their media, etc. goes, that they're trying too much to put upon a political agenda uh, in something that should not be politicized. And uh, some people are very uh, upset with that. Some people are upset. They say, we don't think that, you know, Disney is doing enough as far as what some may consider activism. You know, so it goes both ways. You have people from all sides kind of criticizing Disney one way or another. And, And the question, of course, would be, is there going to be a breaking point? Is Disney too big to fail? Yeah, we will see. If they come crashing down, though, it's going to be a it's going to be a big, big story. I'll tell you that. And as for the second prediction, that's an interesting one because, again, depending on how you view things, I, I think people could look at that either way. Uh, internet substantial internet censorship legislation. Some people will say, "Yeah, I think you know the next administration." is going to really crack down on that, and free speech is going to prevail. And then other people are going to look at that, and they're going to say, yeah, they're going to really just crack down on it, and we're going to be able to even say less than than uh, we already can. So it's interesting, kind of a matter of interpretation. Isidro checks in. A few predictions. The predictions show will be released mid-February. <laughs> Prediction two. A Republican candidate will be voted in for U.S. presidency. No preference on party, emphasized. The U.S. will become even more active in world affairs regarding Yemen, Israel-Palestine, and Ukraine, either financially or in other elements. An end to the conflict in Israel and Palestine near the end of the year as some members of the UN are calling out Israel, being real optimistic on that one, AI will become able to infringe itself in more facets of media, life, and entertainment. And you ask, did you hear about a content creator programming her likeness personality to an AI and sell it as a virtual AI girlfriend? A few more predictions. Personally, I will pass my classes for the winter and spring quarter. Get release dates for two video games, Killing Floor 3 and GTA 6. And finally, COVID, unless it already has, will become just another thing in our world, like the common cold, but less severe. Maybe the disappearance of all the face masks at the end of the year. All the best from Isidro. Thanks, Isidro. A nice selection of predictions there. Well, I'm at the microphone right now. And, you know, because I record this program in segments because we've gotten so many predictions, which is great. You know, I, I try to balance it out. February 1st, so we will see. I'm, I'm thinking more of early February, but we will see. Uh, you know, I sometimes inadvertently drag my, drag my feet a little bit, and maybe it will be mid-February. I hope it's a little sooner than that. It's an interesting question you raise about AI, and I I didn't hear about that particular case, but I believe it. And I likewise believe that uh, there will 
there will be plenty of folks out there that will be willing to actually spend their money on this stuff, too. And, uh, you know, I think there's going to be a pretty... It's going to be a saturation point pretty soon where you're going to have a few folks that are really going to be laughing their way to the bank with all of this stuff. And uh, then you're going to have, you know, tens of thousands of people who get in just a little bit later and uh, aren't able to replicate, you know, the financial success as the first few, for the most part, as far as that AI stuff, you know, trying to sell their personality as, you know, a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, you name it. Which, uh, you know, how dystopian that is, in my opinion. But absolutely, I see it, and I see many paying customers for it, too. Nick from New York. I think the fast food space will continue to see the overall decline in quality and rise in prices that you have been detailing in some of your videos for some time. As the economy remains in a somewhat depressed state that it is in, and inflation remaining relatively high, these big corporations that own many of the fast food establishments still must, as in, are legally obligated to, deliver growth and profit to their shareholders, and so they could care less about the customer in that regard. However, given the fact that many people are slowly becoming disillusioned with the state of most fast food chains, like McDonald's and Burger King, I expect to see the growth of more fast casual experiences like Chipotle, where the quality may be noticeably higher, but the price too is higher. However, because consumers may view them as newer, healthier, or higher quality options, and given the prices of fast food that are already rising, I think they might be showing up as alternatives more and more in 2024. I've seen this a lot in New York recently, with chains like PDQ making their way up here, or otherwise never heard of before, fast casual restaurants springing up and becoming popular. What do you think? And prediction two. On the topic of artificial intelligence, I expect that we will see many more companies hop on the bandwagon of trying to force the incorporation of AI technology into everything, especially places where it does not make sense. I've noticed this a lot recently in the food industry with things like AI air fryers and microwaves. However, I also expect that the use cases for AI and machine learning will start to become more apparent as this happens and people realize that AI is not some magical blanket solution that can be put anywhere and everywhere. So I expect this chat GPT everywhere AI hype to trickle off quite a bit. Interested to know your thoughts on AI and what you expect for it in the next one to five years as well. So thank you, Nick from New York, checking in. Uh, so for your first question with the first prediction, yeah, it's interesting. It's either going to be just the way I see it, because I have to say, when are things going to reach a breaking point? It's like, when are people going to say, all right, I can go over to, you know, whatever big box uh, fast food chain and now spend $20 for some horrible tasting literally carcinogenic 
quote-unquote burger, or spend a little extra, maybe spend $30, but get actual food that I'm going to find enjoyable, that my body isn't going to utterly reject, that I'm not going to feel sick after eating, that will actually maybe even have a positive effect on my health and, o- and overall well-being. Certainly emotionally, I'm going to feel good after eating it. It's going to be a good time, good experience. You know, that's the first possibility, like you were submitting. Uh, the second possibility, though, is that people are going to abandon that, too. And they're just going to say, no, I just can't, I can't do it. I'm just going to try to make my own food at home, even if it's sort of simple meals can't really afford to uh, even eat at the fast casual places, so I'm just going to have to rely on on making my own food. Maybe have one of those fast casual places is like, you know, maybe once every week or two weeks, and uh, and that's going to be that. And, you know, forego the fast food places entirely. I just see one or the other, just based on the way things are going. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what happens there. As far as AI is concerned, uh, I agree that I think a lot of entities are going to continue to try to implement it into everything. And the way I look at it, if someone wants to go all out with the AI stuff, you know, that's their prerogative. I really couldn't, couldn't care less if that's what they want to do. I don't like it when you have so many entities that try to, whether or not it's official, whether or not it's legal, essentially mandate it in a sense. It's like, you know, eventually you're going to have an appliance that breaks. You know, let's say this lamp that I have here on my desk. And I will admit, first and foremost, to get any biases out of the way, I don't even have really any smart devices, okay? So forget AI. I really don't even have any smart devices, you know? It's like, because even if going back years at this point, there were so many devices that were, you know, oh, your your smart oven, your smart uh, refrigerator, your smart toaster, your smart lamp, right? Or then you take a third-party device like a an Amazon Alexa, or a Google Home, I think they call it, or one of those things, and incorporate that into your house. I have none of that. You know, my toaster oven is a regular old toaster oven. My refrigerator is a regular refrigerator. This lamp here is a regular lamp. If I want to do something, I get up and do it. You know, I don't have some sort of magical program that I could say, go turn this on, turn that on, go do this, go do that. You know, I get up and turn the light on if I want it on, and, you know, I, I I just do all that stuff myself. Because I don't even like those smart devices. I just find them creepy in a way, and intrusive. And, uh, you know, I prefer, to the best of my ability anyway, I have my own limits, of course, but I like being able to try to do things myself, and know how to do them. Sometimes I feel like, as helpful as some things may be, if we're constantly relying on this stuff to do everything for us, and we don't know how to do it ourselves, then what would happen 
if these devices malfunction or suddenly go awry or don't work one day, right? We're just going to be dead in the water, and that's no good. You know, so I try to at least have a bit of uh, sufficiency, so to speak. Mind you, I'm not perfect, but I try. I try my best. And, uh, you know, while I'm thankful that I could still find things that aren't smart devices or have any sort of AI integration, it probably will get more and more difficult. And eventually, I I don't like how it might get to a point where if I want a lamp, (laughs) it's going to become exceedingly difficult, ridiculous it may sound, to just get a regular lamp, but now you got to get one with either the smart technology or the AI integration. Nope, you can't just have a regular old lamp that just provides light and turns on and off with a switch. Nope, you can't, you can't do that. You have to uh, you have to have these other features that, whether you like them or not, it's going to be there so you could get spied on and uh, monitored and all this, that, and the other thing under the guise of convenience. And, uh, no thank you. I don't like that, obviously, for that first reason. I have enough devices doing that already, i.e. my phone and computer. And, uh, secondly, I just, I don't like it. You know, it's my personal preference. But it's going to become more and more difficult to find stuff that isn't that way. It doesn't have some sort of, you know, backdoor in it, for lack of a better word. It'll be possible, but I just think it's going to be more and more difficult for, uh, you know, folks who maybe prefer not to have all this stuff to still uh, live without it. And as far as AI goes, you know, I think that it is a bit of a trend at this point, and uh, it's definitely, we will just see, because I'm sure back in 2007, you know, I'm sure there were folks who thought that smartphones were a bit of a trend, and they thought, you know, the smartphone craze everyone's talking about, eventually it's going to blow over, and, you know, people will kind of realize they aren't these magical devices like they're hyped up to be, but, you know, here we are, 2024, smartphones are still most definitely a thing, everyone pretty much has one these days, so what's what way is AI going to be? Is it going to be like that? where it's just going to be integral from now on, despite seeming gimmicky at first? Or is it going to be like uh, NFTs, you know, where people thought... I mean, I remember when I did the prediction show for, like, 2021, prediction after prediction after prediction about the NFTs, and now you never even hear about them, then people kind of laugh, they think, what, that stupid pixelated drawing of a a monkey that someone bought for $250,000... You know, but people were actually, they're proclaiming that as the future. So, I don't know. You know, I think, I think there will be a point, just to what point, where AI will be very, I think it already is gimmicky, but, um, right, are other people going to, to see that? I don't know. Six predictions come in from Astrid. My predictions for the year of our Lord... Number 2024 are thus, 1. Joseph R. Biden of Delaware will remain the 59th President of the United States. 2. Rumors of a 6th French Republic will become mainstream. 3. Vladimir Putin will be assassinated, and Ukraine will immediately begin the process of induction 
into both the U into both the EU and NATO, Erdogan of Turkey will object, but eventually relent. Four, Netanyahu of Israel will be finally humiliated. Five, Pope Francis will formally bless a transgender woman at St. Peter's in Rome, <laughs> and political commentator Matt Walsh will come out as trans. And prediction six. I will continue to be a silly goose, and I will continue to listen to your content and your aesthetically satisfying manner of speaking. Thank you, Astrid, for your six predictions there. Uh, some very serious geopolitical ones uh, as far as the situation in Ukraine is concerned. And uh, obviously that would be very, very drastic action, of course, in regards to Putin and... Uh, you know, how the Russian leadership would respond if they would just sort of be content with it, or uh, or what in that regard. We've got an anonymous listener checking in next. Have a few predictions about this year, but above all, I think it will be a year of upheaval and change. Beyond being an election year, many issues in the world are coming to a head. So for my first prediction. Donald Trump is re-elected President of the United States making him both the 45th and 47th president. Prediction 2 is more out there and fun. My prediction is that this is the year that first contact with aliens will be made. I do not believe that what will be presented to us will be actual extraterrestrial life. It will be a lie pushed onto us with technology like Project Bluebeam. Going out to an anonymous listener there. I first heard, uh, really, you know, Project Bluebeam and all of that has been talked about for decades, but it was really uh, brought to the forefront, at least from what I was hearing, you know, especially like on the shortwave, uh, where there are a lot of alternative media programs that will discuss, you know, various theories and all of that, that... I think it was back in 2019 when there were all the revelations about the UAPs uh, that they were preparing for, like, a Project Blue Beam sort of event. I would hope, though, that if there was ever any sort of development as far as some sort of first contact, real or otherwise, it would be treated with the, you know, intense scrutiny and objectivity that uh, such a thing would be deserving of, and that people wouldn't just believe it thoughtlessly, uh, nor necessarily if it's convincing, reject it thoughtlessly, but, you know, try to actually look at it, but also be a bit, you know, open-minded one way or the other. This next one is coming in from a listener who'd like to be known as the Meridian, writing, April or May, Sir Paul McCartney suddenly passes away. The world is rocked by this. Seemingly unrelated, a massive escalation against Israel a month or two later, leading to what will be called by the media officially World War Three. So that was from the Meridian, Paul McCartney. Well, at the time of this recording, he's still alive and kicking. 81 years of age he is. And perhaps his passing being a, a catalyst of sorts. A few short predictions coming in from Cell, who writes, 
2024 current events. Trump presidency. Joe Biden ice cream sponsorship. Complicated slash continued genocide in Gaza. Larger franchising of marijuana industry. Increase in purchases of physical media. Now, on the topic of media, a few predictions for 2024 media. New Bratz doll movie. Stop Making Sense cover album with Lord feature. And finally, new yearly review bra day in the life video, hopefully. Coming in from Sal. Thank you for your predictions there. Well, uh, at least, you know, despite everything, we got the Bratz doll movie that may be coming out, perhaps. So at least we got that to, uh, to brighten our lives a bit. Oh, this is a nice one from an anonymous listener. It says, Thanks for all your efforts over the past year. For 2024, I predict, I'll continue to sip tea and enjoy listening to your fantastic shows. All the best to you, your family, and all your listeners for the year to come. Well, thank you, Anonymous. That's very kind of you. And may your tea be most enjoyable, and may these programs provide an enjoyable listen likewise. Amanda sends in a short prediction. I predict that Taco Bell will finally make nacho fries a permanent addition to their menu. Amanda, thank you. Yeah, that would be long overdue, if you ask me. That's something they should have done years ago, but, you know, if they finally get it over with now, that would be, uh... That would be nice that they finally did it, you know, because they release it, and they re-release it so many times. It's like, I really uh, couldn't care less. And I don't think many customers either care, because it's like, you know, it's just going to be out in a month, every month. That's why I don't even review it anymore, because no one cares. So they just have to get it over with. If they released the uh, the grilled cheese burrito permanently, then you know damn well that they could easily do the same with the nacho fries, when they're practically on the menu for longer than they're off the menu these days. So, yeah, it could be done, and it really should be at this point. This listener who just goes by Z writes... I think that Trump will win the elections and then try to strike a deal with Putin to stop the war in Ukraine. Both him and Putin have been hinting at that recently. I think the massacre happening in Gaza will continue until Israel takes over the entire Gaza Strip. I don't think World War III will start this year, but it's inevitable. And finally, I have had eye surgery recently. I can't see that well yet. Listening to your podcast helps me spend the recovery time without dying of boredom. Hope you're doing well. Thank you, Z, for checking in. And I wish you a smooth and successful, hopefully speedy recovery for your eye surgery. It's interesting that you mentioned in regards to a potential deal uh, over Ukraine that uh, I've heard talk about that as well, so that would be one to watch. And uh, it's interesting, your thoughts on World War III as well, that not necessarily going to kick off this year, but that, you know, the ingredients are at play. And I think that a lot of other people, even if they'll admit it or not, sort of share a similar view. It's like they see 
the rising tensions, you know, whether they are real or manufactured, right? This sort of a sense between, you know, the U.S. and essentially NATO by extension, and then some, you know, countries described as adversaries, such as Russia or China, Iran, North Korea, etc. You know, one thing I was thinking about, and I sort of say this broadly, not in regards to your prediction, but just a general interjection, so thinking about the terminology, World War Three. Now, maybe this is my view, maybe as some would say my archaic view, I would have to consider a world war to be, and this is just my definition, I'm not using any formal definition, this is just how I interpret it in my head, that a world war would have to be a coalition of countries, powerful countries, waging full and total war against a coalition of other powerful countries. So, for instance, I will use the Middle East as an example. Uh, you know, there was the Iranian proxy that killed three U.S. troops in Jordan a couple days ago. And the U.S. was talking about some sort of response, likely striking back at some of the Iranian proxies in Iraq or Syria. Online you have people saying, this is it, that's going to be World War Three," Or you have, to give a different example, when you had the coalition, but primarily the US and the UK, launching airstrikes against the Houthi group in Yemen because of the Houthi attacks on shipping in the Red Sea. People were saying, that's it, that's World War Three. Or if North Korea, you know, said, we tested a nuke, oh, that's World War Three right there. I don't interpret that as World War Three. Yemen could declare war on the U.S., and the U.S. could declare war on Yemen. That's not World War Three. That would be, you know, the U.S.-Yemen war. The United States could declare total war on Iran, and Iran, likewise, could declare total war on the U.S. The U.S. says, we're going to launch a large-scale ground invasion. Hundreds of thousands of troops are going to invade Iran. That's not World War III. That would be the U.S.-Iran war. I think that would be a devastating conflict for both sides. That's my view of it. But that wouldn't be World War III. That would just be a war. World War Three to me, would be if all of NATO collectively declares total war, and I'm not talking just, you know, oh, they, all right, Germany sent in two tanks, and uh, the UK sent in a couple boxes of ammunition. And, you know, I'm talking every country is essentially going to do everything in their power to contribute as far as troops, physical boots on the ground, as well as resources. If all of NATO collectively declared total war against Russia and China, and those two countries in conjunction 
then declared total war on all NATO countries. That would be World War III. But that's just my interpretation when I hear World War III. That's what I think of. That it would be large-scale to that extent. But I always see, you know, the term World War III get thrown around where it's like, all oh, right, some old pickup truck got blown up in Syria, so that's World War III now. It's kicked off, and the nukes are going to come flying next because we destroyed this this uh, 35-year-old Toyota that was rusting away in, you know, in the middle of the desert or something. It's like, I, I don't really think so, but all right, if, if you want to say so. Anyway, that was just something I was thinking about. That's just my definition, how I interpret it. And I, I do think that, you know, some definitions are different. And uh, some people interpret it differently. You know, some people would think that just a full-on war between the U.S. and Iran would be enough to constitute uh, World War III. I don't, but that's just, you know, I guess one could say it's a matter of semantics. Anonymous checks in three predictions. One, in the upcoming U.S. election, I think Trump will win against Biden. Two, movies will continue to decline as they had for a while due to lack of original content and greedy ownership. But then, later on, such as in September, they will be on the rise again. At least that's what I hope. And three, environmental innovations will provide a new hope for a cleaner, more stable environment. Thanks for reading. Thank you, Anonymous. Three predictions there. Interesting. It's obvious, I think, that a lot of folks, uh, I would say a good majority, you know, maybe 60 to 70 percent, do perceive Trump to be the favorite in the 2024 election. It's going to be, it's going to be an interesting one to watch. It's going to be really interesting. An anonymous listener sends in a prediction and three questions, and uh, I'll be happy to answer the questions. We'll take a short break from solely predictions. So the one prediction you say is that Beetlejuice will go supernova, and it will make for quite an astronomical spectacle to interject. It sure would. That would be, that would be a sight to see, let me tell you. Now, to your three questions. Question one. And this is your wording, and I think you're too generous, but you say, as a YouTube superstar, do you feel that it is beneficial to ask viewers to subscribe? Or now that YouTube is more mature, is it intuitive and does not need to be emphasized by the presenter? So... To answer your first question, and mind you, this is just my interpretation of it, I think that subscribers, as far as YouTube is concerned, and you'll hear this from time to time, but it's something that I don't know if a lot of people really realize this. So the algorithms, as far as YouTube is concerned, change from time to time sometimes in little ways, sometimes in major ways. Uh, in some cases, certain things I've emphasized um, more than others. And, you know, there are certain metrics that can lead to more success, perhaps. Based on my understanding of where things stand as far as the YouTube algorithm is concerned, and mind you, it's an ever-changing thing, it's an evolving thing, it's something that 
There are folks, believe me when I say it, that work at YouTube that don't even know all the ins and outs of it. Uh, as far as my understanding of it is concerned, though, subscribers are actually a metric that doesn't really matter anymore. And essentially, subscribers on YouTube have... the number, that is, has no relevance whatsoever than aesthetics. And that's it. And you could have 10 subscribers, you could have 100, 100,000, a million, 3 million. And essentially, the only purpose of the subscription number at this point is, you know, put on a plaque and say, I have a, a million subscribers. And sometimes it's a way that people could maybe take you more seriously. But that's literally it. And uh, there really is no other benefit to it whatsoever as far as uh, having subscribers is concerned. Uh, in regards to YouTube, it is a metric that no longer contributes much to the YouTube algorithm. And uh, as a result, uh, I don't really ask for anyone to subscribe because I don't see any reason. Um, there's no no real benefit. If, if you want to, go for it. You know, if you want to do the notifications and all that, that's totally fine. But uh, I would say do it more for your convenience than anything else because it's a number that really doesn't have any bearing on, on anything, aside from, you know, I could sit here one day and say, oh, it got to three million subscribers, and, and that's it. There's, there's no change. Uh, the main metrics nowadays that influence the YouTube algorithm are watch time, as well as title and thumbnail. And uh, that's about it. Even some of the more traditional SEOs, such as descriptions and tags and keywords and all of that doesn't even have much of uh, an influence anymore. It's all about really the watch time, uh, having a good title, and uh, a good thumbnail as well. And that's really it. There was a time years ago, uh, let's say back in 2016, 17, maybe part of 2018, when the uh, subscription feature contributed far more to the algorithm uh, than it currently does. So, you know, that's just where things stand. But, you know, could the, the algorithm change again going forward? I'm sure it can, and it will, uh, but to what extent, right? We can't really predict that. But uh, I don't really make a big deal out of it. I figure, eh, if someone wants to subscribe, go for it, but, you know... If you don't want to, that's okay, too. So I just leave it up to the individual, and it's a choice that one can make if they if they wish. But I don't really make a big deal out of it. And I sort of look at it as more of a secondary metric at this point. Question two. Do your shortwave broadcasts break even financially? Are a cost center or profit center for you? Uh, they either break even or they are a cost center. They are not a profit center, I will tell you that right now. Um, it's essentially something that I do as a, as a service to listeners out there who you know, tune in from all around the world, but uh, it is no moneymaker, uh, I will tell you that. Uh, you know, they break even most of the time, but there are instances where, you know, some expansions will be made here and there for various reasons, or costs may change based on electricity rates, and uh, sometimes it will operate at a loss. Uh, but granted, I try not to be wasteful 
you know, so if it does operate at a loss, it's a small loss. Uh, but that's why I do the Patreon, because the cost is sizable, it's considerable, but the impact I feel that the broadcasts have is likewise considerable, which is why I go through all of this, you know, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. I've been doing the shortwave broadcasts now for nine years at this point, and I've been paying every hour. Those cumulative costs would be enormous. I mean, I'm talking at this point in the literal tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars over the last nine years. But, you know, then you'll have to ask, is it worth it? I see the reach that the broadcasts have firsthand, you know, because I'm the one that does the show. And I see the many, many individuals reached. Well over 100,000 pieces of unique correspondence from listeners all over the world tuned in on their radios. And the impact that it has on people. To me, that is worth it. To other folks, maybe not so much. But, you know, I space things out. At this point, I know the game, essentially, so I know which stations deliver the best results, and I try to be very wise with things to make sure I strike the balance between being cost-effective while maximizing the reach. And I feel like I'm able to do just that by getting on some of the best stations and frequencies to reach listeners, especially in North America, South America, and the African continent, particularly, but also uh, much of Europe as well. The results speak for themselves, and generally speaking, uh, from one month to the next, I'm able to pay the bills, I'm able to break even, and if things ever run out of deficit, it is usually a small deficit. But the only reason that it's a small deficit or that it breaks even is because of the support that viewers and listeners provide, either via PayPal or via Patreon. I always promote it at the beginning of every show. Whether people like it or not, I really don't care. I'm not going to stop doing that. Because of that fact. Because of the fact that it's something that I believe in, that I see the results firsthand. It speaks for itself. And I know that it most definitely is worth it. But, you know, it's not like I get paid to do the show or anything. Every hour that I'm at the microphone or have the show rebroadcast for, I have to pay for it. You know, I am buying the airtime on the radio stations that they will fire up a 100,000 watt transmitter, a big antenna system, and uh, send the show out. But I gotta pay for it. And thankfully, you know, because of the support that comes in, I'm always able to get the bills paid, paid on time. There has never once, in the nine years I've been doing the show, been an instance where I have been unable to pay. Sometimes do I have to take a, a loss and say, all right, you know, this is a couple hundred bucks here and there that I would have used for food or groceries or to pay my own electric bill, but I gotta use it for the radio stuff, yeah. Yeah, there have been. It happens. So that's why I try to say, look, it's up to you, but 
Patreon is there, the PayPal is there, and if you support it on the Patreon, you can listen to all the shows on demand. You know, you can, you can listen to literally thousands of, of programs at this point, and uh, listen anytime you want. So, generally speaking, though, they break even for the most part. Occasionally are a cost center, but they're not, you know, a moneymaker or anything. It's like a labor of love, you know? I, I enjoy doing it. And uh, if there comes a day when the medium is fully dead, I'll accept it and uh, retire it, you know, hopefully gracefully. But I don't see that happening anytime soon, really. I, I'm actually amazed that it's held up this well as we go now into the early to mid-2020s that... Uh, the response, and I should also say the unique response, that over these nine years, every time I do a broadcast, it's not like it's just the same few people that I only hear from. Uh, despite having broadcast, you know, thousands and thousands of hours of my programs to North America, pretty much every single show that I do garners new feedback from listeners who I've never heard from before. For nine years straight, I hear from new people every single time the show goes out without fail. Which also tells me more people out there listen to shortwave than I'd say 99% of people think. If there's that many listeners, you'd think if there were so few people that actually listened to the medium, I would have heard from every last one of them by now, but it seems like there's no shortage. So... You know, I just, I keep an eye on things, and like I said, even if it's not a big moneymaker, and it could sometimes operate at a small loss, I am, again, not wasteful, and I pay very close attention to efficacy, reach, etc., and if there's something that I think just isn't doing the job, uh, then you better believe I will cut it and make a substitution for something that I feel will, which I have done many times before. I say, look, this is your funding that really helps us, so you better believe I'm going to be wise with it. Which I, I hope, anyway, I am. And question three. Are you as fastidious with your personal hygiene as you are satorially? So thank you for that question as well. I, I would say that I am. I think a lot of people mistake my long fingernails for you know, being filthy, which is simply not true. My fingernails may be on the longer side, but you better believe I try to take very good care of them. I keep them clean. They are, I'm looking at them right now, they're spotless. I keep them filed. I take good care of them. You know, I, I shower very regularly. I wash my hair wash my face. I have a whole skincare routine and everything. I cut my own hair. I, you know, yeah, I, I feel like I am anyway. Again, I just think that some people, they think, oh, his fingernails are long, so that must, that must mean he must be filthy, and uh, he's got his hair, his hair looks uh, greasy, so that means he never showers when they forget that I put a literal product in my hair, I put brill cream in my hair in order to get, you know, the sort of shine and hold, etc. 
And, uh, but yeah, I wash my face, I wash my hair, I have whole routine down. Yeah, absolutely. I, I try to be very, very, uh, hygienic. You know, not to an obsessive level, but uh, I feel I am anyway. Interesting questions. Thanks for asking them. Anonymous listener writes, Since this is a political year, I'll go out on a limb with the U.S. election. I predict that President Biden will drop out due to old age or health concerns, and it will come down to President Trump and Pete Buttigieg, who will be nominated at the DNC. Thanks, Anonymous, checking in there. That would be uh, that'd be quite the election, I'll tell you that. Uh, very talked about in that regard. And another, another anonymous listener makes a big prediction. Uh, it's short but big. Says the rise of the Antichrist, followed by the second coming of Christ, in 2024. Next up, we've got an email coming in from Heather, who writes, "As for my prediction for 2024." I believe we will begin to enter World War III and possibly a civil war in America. I think there will be another pandemic which will lead to not having an election in November. This pandemic will be much more serious and deadly than the last. If we do have another election, I think if Trump gets re-elected, he will be assassinated within the first month of his presidency. I think the economy is going to get much worse, and all of that will lead to the civil war I mentioned. Should Biden remain in office, he will not finish his term because he will either die of old age or be put into elderly care, and Kamala Harris will become our next president. I sure hope none of these things take place, but judging by the track we are currently on as of now, it's tough not to be pessimistic. Thank you, Heather, for your predictions there. It's interesting. I don't know if how long ago it was when I went on this whole spiel. Well, I might have done it long ago, maybe multiple times even, about my thoughts on a potential civil war in the U.S. Largely, I had speculated, you know, that you obviously have the polarization and the you know, the sort of various populations that are at odds with each other, you know? And it's, I feel like the divide is only getting bigger, right? And you have, you see, the animosity isn't, isn't cooling down. It's not, not getting any better. I would sometimes wager that, you know, the one reason why people aren't taking up arms and just going at it in the streets right here and now is because essentially the public here, you know, is still... People would rather be on social media and watch the football game and, you know, all that sort of stuff than say, all right, you know, I'm going to take up arms and uh, and go give them hell now. But, like I think you're alluding to, what if things get to a breaking point and eventually the situation gets so bad that people seemingly feel like there's no alternative. Uh, for instance, if, you know, there's such economic turmoil that everyone loses everything, and then there's a major 
assassination, and the public is demoralized, and 50% of the population is fed up and past the point of no return, then you you could start wondering, well, what's next? And and some might say civil war. Sometimes I have to ask myself, I'll, I'll sit there, I'll think to myself, you know, is there such a thing as a breaking point? And if so, what is it? Predictions, predictions, many predictions out there, many to get to. Hope all of you listening in have been enjoying the show. Obviously, as far as the programs go, it's a very opinionated one, but I encourage that, you know? It's, what's the point in having a prediction show if folks can't share their views about what, uh, what they think would happen in the next year, you know? It'd be like, imagine if, uh, if I said, all right, you could do a prediction about 2024, but you can't mention any current events. It's like, what the... What sort of prediction show is that going to be, exactly? And uh, I enjoy letting folks have their say and offering all sorts of views and and opinions. I don't want this to be some sort of echo chamber where I only want this sort of sanctioned viewpoint expressed. And if you don't say it, then you're not getting your prediction read. It's like, no, I I, I try to do this the way that I wish more more media was. Let people have their say, and then you, as a listener, you think for yourself, and uh, you agree with what you agree with, you disagree with what you disagree with, but the very least it gets you thinking about a little bit of everything, and you kind of have to see what the other side, you know, sort of thinks and feels about certain things, and could lead you to either bolster your own view, or maybe reconsider others, or it just gets you thinking. Gets, I think it's a good critical thinking approach anyway. At least I've always liked the being able to see what everyone thinks, and I like having the diverse views on this program. Uh, whether or not everyone listening in agrees or disagrees with everything that's said, uh, I like it. And this is my personal interjection, but I believe that this is the best one yet as far as the predictions shows go. And I say that because these predictions shows this is all about you, the listener. And, you know, it's all of you that write in that make this show. And just the amount of predictions that came in, the variety of viewpoints, and just how well written they are and how interesting they are, too. It's amazing. And uh, it's really, it's a really good one. It's a big show. Uh, and it's, it's a big show, though, I think, for what's a big year. So I want to make sure there's no stone unturned. I know it's a long one, but I'm having having a great time doing this, and I hope you're all enjoying this as well. Whether you're listening intently and seriously, or uh, listening in for perhaps some entertainment, I think it's got a little bit of everything. And let's keep it going now. <laughs> Tyson from Canada sends in this next prediction, and um, I'm going to try to say it without laughing, because it's just something that I could see completely, but I still, I can't help but laugh, you know, I've always found this thing funny. A major fast food burger joint will announce an offering of bug-slash-insect protein-based burger. I predict that Burger King will be the first to announce, followed by offering announcements soon after by McDonald's, Wendy's, 
and all the other international chains. Tyson from Canada checks in. <laughs> you know, Tyson, you might be onto something here. I know that a lot of the uh, sort of faux meat companies, such as Beyond Meat, uh, and I know there are a few others as well, have really been running into some economic turmoil, some of which have declared bankruptcy or are on the verge of doing so. So maybe now, you know, the insect-based meat will start uh, thinking, hey, this is our time to shine, and uh, let's get this going. So in that case, you know, then as per your prediction, the, uh, let's say the Burger King will release it first, and then, you know, hypothetically, I'd probably object, but the demand will be so insane that and I'll finally relent, and I'll think, all right, well, it's going to put some food on the table, you know, and not the not the insect food, but I'm just using that as a figure of speech, and it'll keep the lights on. So, you know, all right, I'll do the video, and I'll go out and I'll get the bug whopper from Burger King, and, you know, I'll do the review. I'll, I'll eventually, very nervously, take a bite out of it, and then realize, wait a minute, did they did they give me the wrong item? Because this 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 is just a whopper. This is just a regular whopper. So what's what's going on here? <laughs> That's where you would add in the the drum roll right there. You get it because of the quality of Burger King. Ha ha ha! <laughs> Thank you for your prediction, Tyson. Julie is checking in, says, I'm a huge fan of your content and look forward to your prediction show every year. I think Hollywood and the culture of celebrity will continue its downward trend in popularity due to the public's mounting distrust of the rich. By the end of the year, it will affect the bottom lines of most entertainment companies even more than last year. Hand in hand with this trend, I think Americans in particular will start to focus more on making a difference in their local communities, which will signal the end of the decade-long trend of globalism. Americans will take their power back in a major way. Sincerely, Julie. Thanks, Julie, for your predictions there. Uh, Some optimistic ones, I would say. You know, the decline of the Hollywood culture and the sort of celebrity worship that you see there and uh, sort of a smaller focus, people looking more to their local area, maybe trying to make a difference there, perhaps for the better. It's an interesting one. Thanks for writing in, and I'm glad you uh, enjoy the show. You know, I think a lot of people, because you've obviously seen there are a lot of political predictions uh, for this show, and there will be many more, uh, because it's an election year, that's obviously like the big focus for 2024, which makes sense, of course. It's really interesting to see what a lot of people, what sentiment a lot of folks have, and perhaps why. Uh, one thing that I think you've seen emphasized from a number of of listeners is the desire for what might be perceived as strong leadership, you know, in both the, the metaphorical and physical sense, something that would bring forth an air of confidence and leadership that you could look at and say, yeah, these folks are in charge, they got this. And I see it, the rest of the world sees it, and uh, things are, are getting back to normal. And 
I mention that because we've got a prediction coming in from Scotty D in Utah, who says, I listen to your show every night. And as far as strong leadership goes, uh, this, I think, really exemplifies it. My prediction for 2024 is that Dwayne The Rock Johnson will win the election for U.S. president. We've tried a really rich president and a really old president, and now it's time for a really strong president. So there you go. That's the strong leadership we've been talking about on this program. And you mentioned, I also predict that my pet dog, Peach, will escape from my backyard seven times, and animal control will be contacted by my neighbors thrice. Scotty D. in Utah, the year of strong leadership and many incidents of canine absconsion. This one comes in from Joey in Kansas. It's a short one, sort of, well, not, not quite, but, you know, on the level of synthetic meats, as we were discussing a few moments ago. Uh, He writes, 2024 is the year KFC will release a lab-grown meat, probably to replace their Beyond Chicken promo. So thanks, Joey, in Kansas. I would only hope, if they decide to do that, that it was better than those dreadful, vile nuggets that they released in early 2022, because those, I must say, were some of the worst things I've ever consumed. (laughs) Thank you. Over in Kansas, Joey checking in. Mike in St. Paul, Minnesota checking in. Great to hear from you, Mike. I I remember you. I know you've been a long-time listener, and you write, It has been quite a while since I last wrote in. Still catch your podcasts on a regular basis, and pull out my Texun PL310ET from time to time to catch the shortwave broadcast. Regardless... My point of writing in is to provide my prediction for 2024. NASA will announce not absolute proof, but compelling evidence for life beyond Earth. Not intelligent life, mind you, but biosignatures, whether on Mars, because of fossil evidence, or via spectral analysis of exoplanets, as studied by the James Webb Telescope. Of course, it will take many years more to prove this evidence definitively, but in 2024 the beacon will be lit. Hope all is well with you. I continue to appreciate the refuge, joy, and thoughtfulness of your content. All the best, Mike. St. Paul, Minnesota. Mike, thank you for your prediction. That would be something, and I could see that. I think it'll be a matter of time. You know, before something like that, it's just going to be a matter of when. Will 2024 be the year? We will see. Lately, and I've always had an interest in astronomy, you know, cosmology, the universe, all of that stuff. I just can't help but find it cool. Not that I proclaim that I I know very much about it, but I'd be lying if I said that I didn't find it interesting and that I don't go down rabbit holes in these various fields uh, quite often these days. But, you know, not only our own solar system, but then when you factor in all the exoplanets uh, that there are out there, it's amazing what there is and the things that we are stumbling upon so, you know, so regularly, so frequently. It's amazing, really. There was, uh, you know, I was originally thinking about this, but I've kind of 
probably sound like a broken record, but I don't care. I'm just going to say it again. I'll be quick, though, because I think I said this already. As far as interesting missions in this solar system of ours, I've kind of changed my focus on what I would be most interested in seeing. Uh, For many, many years, I would have insisted that I would have loved to see a mission to Europa. And I specifically would have emphasized that I would have wished to see a mission that not only would go to Europa, uh, but then would drill through the ice and access the subsurface subterranean ocean and be able to analyze that to an extent. But, you know, I really... Because there's some things that sound like a good idea, but then you don't really... You don't really analyze the idea, you just kind of think, it sounds good, you know, I'd like to see that. I would still like to see that, but I was thinking about some of the practicalities behind that, and just how difficult that would actually prove to be. Uh, The fact that the ice would be dozens of miles thick, would be extremely hard, you would need to have insane amounts of power, and then plus, as far as Europa is concerned... Because of the proximity that it has to Jupiter and essentially the lack of of an atmosphere, uh, the amount of radiation that would be on Europa would be absolutely staggering. Again, just because of its proximity to Jupiter. And uh, that would cause a whole other round of problems. So something that sounds feasible, but it's much more difficult when you really think about it. Not that it couldn't necessarily be done, but I don't think it could really be done as soon as perhaps we would like to think that it could be. So in lieu of that, thinking practically, I would just like to see a a very detailed mission to Titan, and particularly observe both the unique topography, the uh, weather and perhaps the giant lakes, some of which are the size of the Caspian Sea of liquid methane. I think that would be cool. And that's much more doable than saying we're going to dig or drill through all the ice on Europa. Like, yeah, I wish we could just do that. Just no problem. But if you want to talk about something that would be interesting, but perhaps a little bit more realistic, I would wager anyway that the one to Titan would be the way to go. But that's just me saying that, you know. This listener, who goes by the name Caleb the Centipede, sends in some very short predictions. Cyber attack, or presidential assassination. Maybe nuke, hope not. Stock up on baked beans, might need them. Maybe not, hope not. I must add, giant cyber attack, mega big, huge. From Caleb, the centipede. I do think that a lot of people underestimate just how devastating a serious cyber attack would be in today's modern world. Because a a destructive cyber attack in some ways, while not totally equal, would be somewhat like, you know, an EMP attack, you know, in that it would render so many services utterly useless. 
Sure, the circuits and everything would still work, but their functionality would be essentially the same. Uh, as if, be that an artificial EMP or a major solar flare, such as a Kevington event sort of thing, this world would come to a, a screeching halt. And, strange it may seem, I think there would be many deaths from it, if it were that bad. An anonymous listener in Mexico writes in, I just want to say I'm a big fan of yours. I started watching your YouTube channel some months ago, and now I'm hooked with your podcast. Helps me sleep at night, since you're not overhyped like most content creators nowadays. Fast food here in Mexico is so overpriced. Almost luxury. You get delicious and filling street tacos for a third of the price of any burger or McDonald's of any burger at McDonald's or Carl's Jr., and I love Carl's Jr., by the way, so I find it amusing to watch your reviews and see the differences in fast food for both countries. Anyway, my prediction is that Trump will win the U.S. elections, and that might actually bring peace to Ukraine, and negotiations will be made to stop the Palestine conflict. I apologize if I have bad grammar, I'm not a native English speaker. I hope you read my message in your program. Well, thank you. Great to hear from a listener over in Mexico. And uh, it was perfectly written, by the way. So give yourself a pat on the back because you did an excellent job there. And thank you for your prediction as well. Uh, Sort of continuing the theme, as was seen with a few earlier predictions, that a Trump presidency might bring about perhaps some sorts of deals on the geopolitical scale, perhaps ending the war in Ukraine and stabilizing to an extent the situation in the Middle East. Got a 2024 prediction coming in from Jay, who says, I have a total mind-bender of a prediction for 2024 that I think you'll agree with. Burger King will once again release the Italian chicken sandwich and will somehow find a way to make it even worse than last year's. Thought you'd get a kick out of that. Thanks, Jay. I think that's a pretty realistic prediction, if I say so myself. Uh, I would be willing to say that, yeah, I think Burger King could very likely find a way for that. Thank you for writing in. This listener mentions you can credit this as being from a salamander. My favorite animals. This one comes in from Salamander, who says, Given the rise in the power of AI over the last year, my prediction is that federal laws are going to be passed on the subject. Perhaps there will be programs set up to ensure lifelike imitations of politicians are not created, or that chatbots, such as ChatGPT, are forbidden from completing school essays. Either way, I believe the power that AI has will be limited by the federal government in 2024. So thanks, Salamander. Sending in a prediction there, AI-related. You are seeing, uh, even in the news, I think last night there was another story in the news about AI and uh, saying that you know things need to be done about it. I think one of the latest controversies was some sort of, some sort of, I think, Taylor Swift controversy with AI. 
and uh, I guess a lot of people weren't a fan of some of the things that were being done with it, and you know her likeness, etc. And uh, you know that was that was renewing some of the calls in regards to moderate it to an extent. Got an anonymous listener checking in. I predict the discord in America will grow more aggressive closer to the presidential election. This will make the division feel more overwhelming. I also predict that several companies will continue to raise product prices during the year, which will hurt sales in the fast food industry. This coming summer, we'll see many states reporting record droughts impacting crops. I hope for this year your channel has record numbers. My fiancé and I enjoy watching your reviews and wish you much success. Thanks, Anonymous. And thank you for your last prediction. It's much appreciated. And otherwise, uh, yeah, the Discord increasing as the election draws nearer. Uh, that seems pretty reasonable, if you ask me. And if, of course, you start having these other problems, including the raising prices of food, and if there is a drought that impacts, let's say, crops, then that would only exacerbate that issue. Would we even have food shortages, right? Certainly that would get people a lot more tense, a lot more on edge, a lot more angry, if uh, all of a sudden it's becoming more and more difficult to even uh, put a meal on your plate. Yeah, people are going to be... I think people would be out for blood in that case. They would be looking to find someone responsible, and someone, whether they are or aren't actually responsible, would be kind of named as the, you know, the sort of culprit, or maybe a certain group of individuals, a political affiliation, you name it. Yeah, that would only sow the seeds of of this sort of discourse and division, and uh, things would get worse if that were to happen. This listener going by BRM says, My 2024 prediction relates to geopolitics. I believe the war in Ukraine will end this year, likely in a ceasefire negotiated wherein the separatist regions of Ukraine enter Russian control. I believe this likely because the willingness to continue to fund the Ukraine conflict seems to be waning in the Western powers. This is, in large part, due to the significant shift in attention toward the Israel-Hamas conflict, as well as other political factors like the 2024 U.S. election. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the matter and whether you think my analysis is accurate. Thanks again for everything you do from BRM. Well, thank you for your prediction. And uh, to give my personal opinion, I think just based on what you're seeing, being that this has obviously been a protracted conflict, and it's been very long drawn out, and it's been proven that Russia could essentially sustain itself, Ukraine, on the other hand, is dependent on whatever the West gives them. So, using that purely by itself, you could already say the odds are in Russia's favor. Let's say not necessarily for uh, fully taking over all of Ukraine, 
Uh, but let's say as far as, if we just look at it as far as Donetsk and Luhansk, right, those two, I think, would be consolidated as far as the control is concerned. And then in regards to Kherson and Zafarizia oblasts, there might be some line drawn, uh, maybe not necessarily where the borders uh, historically have been, but maybe where uh, essentially the front line is to an extent. And, you know, that too might be ceded. And then that would be that because I think Russia has shown a willingness that, you know, look, we're just going to keep this going uh, for as long as you want to keep it going, essentially, saying that to the West and and uh, Ukraine. And, yeah, the support for Ukraine most definitely has waned because I think, and this might be somewhat controversial, now I could only speak, mind you, for how it is here in the U.S. You know, in Europe it might be different because of the proximity to Ukraine. But over here, I really believe that a lot of people sort of treated it as just the the current thing, you know? I remember in 2022, right after the fighting really ramped up, all of a sudden I was seeing these people going around with the Ukrainian flag and they were flying it in front of their house and off the back of their car and they had bumper stickers saying, you know, Slava Ukraine, uh, glory to Ukraine, etc., etc. But, you know, the war in Donbass had been going on since 2014. There was none of that before 2022. Why? Because it was really the trend, you know? All of a sudden, you got all the celebrities talking about Ukraine. It's in the news. People are, you know, looking at it. Oh, yeah, you know, Ukraine, we're going to support them now. And and it just becomes a trend, you know? That's what people see it as. It's not like a lot of the people saying this stuff actually care about it. Uh, it's just, you know, you know, everyone's doing it, so I'm going to do it to fit in, and that's the popular thing to do. But, you know, I thought some people might find this disparaging, but it is what it is. I thought, you know, I just don't think a lot of these folks could even point to Ukraine on a map. You know, they really couldn't even tell you anything about it. Probably couldn't even couldn't even say that well, what's the capital of Ukraine? They couldn't even say that Kiev is the capital, despite that being in the news as well. But a lot of people I think just feign the concern because it's uh it's a trend. You know, and trends are treated thusly. I gets enormous interest for a time, and then eventually time comes and you kind of separate the the folks who were dead serious about it from those who were just doing it to, you know, because that was the thing to do. And we're kind of there at this point where, believe me, I check back you know, some of the areas that early 2022 you'd think were the most passionate supporters of Ukraine you'd ever see. All the flags are down, all the bumper stickers are down, all the signs are down. You'd think that never even happened. You know, but early 2022, the displays of uh, solidarity were so immense, and now it's just gone. And you're seeing more and more discourse from even all sides of the political spectrum in the U.S. that people say, well, 
what's all this this aid going to? You know, people can interpret that as you want. You could say, yeah, where is it going to, right? Or you could sort of say, well, it's going here, here, and here. You know, it's a matter of semantics, and you leave that up to however you interpret the answer to that as being. But nonetheless, you got people asking, well, where is all this money going when there's claim after claim of a major counteroffensive, but then it seems like there's no real progress being made. So what's going on here? And I think people just expect a quick... They expected a quick victory one way or another, and then that didn't happen. Now it's like, wait a minute, you're telling me that this is going to last for years? And that people were just kind of thinking, oh, this is going to blow over in a month or two, and either A, Russia would just take the whole country over, or B, now that, you know, NATO is getting some aid in, uh, Ukraine is just going to defeat Russia and recapture everything. That didn't happen. And now for like the last year and a half, pretty much no territory has been gained or lost in either either side. But many lives have been lost and many tens and tens of billions of dollars have been expended just to maintain a sort of status quo at this point. So... I think eventually, yeah, negotiation seems most likely, to me anyway. I agree with your assessment. Devon writes in, I predict there will be a new cryptid sighting in the US, some sort of mysterious creature that multiple people claim to see that gets major news coverage. Well, that'll be an interesting one. Thanks, Devon. Short prediction from Noah. There will not be a war with China. All the missile silo fuel tanks are filled with water over Taiwan. The Gaza war will end. The Ukraine war will continue. No further flashpoints in the first world will emerge. Calm before the storm. Noah. Thanks, Noah. It's a foreboding one, but an interesting one. You know, it's this isn't going to be the year where everything pops off, but maybe the ingredients are kind of getting into place, perhaps. An anonymous listener writes, AI will impose a serious threat to future employment. A recent news report dated January 16th, 2024, from the IMF warns that 60% of U.S. jobs could be impacted And at some point in the future, governments will have to implement some sort of guaranteed universal income so people will have a minimum income to survive. Thank you for your prediction, anonymous listener. We hear from Nick in rural Indiana who sends in this prediction. My prediction is that Trump will get nominated as the Republican candidate. And that will be the downfall of the party this year, because the powers that be will not let him get elected. I don't mean to sound conspiratorial or anything, and I'm not a fan of either party, as they're two wings of the same bird. But people's hate for him, and the charges, will be what brings the Republicans down. He will not be president again, and people need to move on. 
But I also think Biden shouldn't be president again because America has turned into a joke the last few years because of both of them. I know a lot of people will write in thinking the world will end, but I don't think we will get that lucky. Last but not least, I think more people will be sicker as the year goes on. Three years ago, my family was healthy, and now we all, all five of us, have a debilitating autoimmune disorder, and I have a brain tumor. We live in rural Indiana. It's been scary to see almost everyone I know being so sick all the time. I just wonder what's really going on, and why is it all happening? Well, that's all. Thank you for reading. So thank you, Nick. I'm very sorry to hear about what you're going through, and what your family, and perhaps what your community is going through, and Of course, even if it doesn't seem like it, may 2024 somehow be a year of of health and improvement, even if it seems miraculous in nature. A feeling of discontentment with the two-party system. You know, I hear people say that sometimes, that at least the mainstream wings of both parties, they say, what's the difference? Thanks for writing in few predictions back, the subject was the situation in Ukraine, and uh, this prediction focuses explicitly on it, for the most part, from Zach in Athens, Georgia. I don't claim to be the foremost expert on international geopolitics, but I believe the Ukraine-Russia war will end this year in Russia's favor. I don't think Ukraine has the resources or manpower capable of retaking most of its lost territories nor the goodwill of its Western allies to continue to funnel in seemingly endless amounts of weapons and money to continue their offensive. In the end, Russia will monopolize access to the Sea of Azov and make a very clear statement to the world that it has the power, or at least the will, to bear its fangs at the allied European and American nations. What that means for future international relations among these superpowers, I do not know. I also predict that Israel will come to be condemned by the ICJ, but that there will be no sustainable consequences from it. I do not know if the ICJ, as well as the concept of international law, can be further undermined than it already has been but Israel seems determined to prove that it can. And finally, less of a prediction and more of a hope, but I wish for you to have more pleasant reviews than bad ones this year, as opposed to 2023. Stay well. Zach, in Athens, Georgia, thank you for writing. You sent this in before the ICJ verdict, at least the the first one, and uh, I will say that at least uh, part of your uh, second prediction there has already come true. So uh, maybe you can read the writing on the wall there, and and uh, we'll have to see what happens as far as Ukraine is concerned. An anonymous listener writes in with, let's see, six takes for 2024. Number one, a deepening of global political and economic instability. Two, raising in further tension between American-led global order and emerging power of BRICS countries. 3. 
possibility of a huge military conflict in the Middle East with unpredictable and unimaginable consequences. 4. Resolution of conflict in Ukraine with no clear winner. 5. Cooling in relations between European countries, better said EU countries and the USA. And 6. The future prospects of organized human survival becoming just a bit dimmer. So thank you, anonymous listener there. Be interesting if the fourth and fifth are sort of connected uh, as far as the U.S. and EU relations and then the situation in Ukraine, if uh, sort of a lot of the EU countries might say, well, if let's say America uh, you know, pulls back a bit of the support or tries to get some sort of negotiation underway and then some of the EU governments say, this happened because of you, and then, you know, it starts getting worse from there. Uh, we will see. And as for the Middle East, I do believe, you know, if there were a full war with Iran, that would bring the whole region down, in my opinion. Obviously, we haven't mentioned Iran by name, but I was just thinking, well, what, uh, what country has that power? That's the first one that came to mind. This listener who'd like to be addressed as Sneaksty says, I think we'll see a lot more YouTube creators either quitting or going quality over quantity or just slowing down productions of videos. It's already been happening with a few big creators, and I would not be surprised if this chain keeps going. So thank you, Sneaksty, for your prediction there. It has been a bit of a trend, hasn't it? As far as uh, YouTubers quitting is concerned. You sent this in on January 15th, and it hasn't slowed. A lot of folks, you know, stepping down or quitting or in some cases aren't, you know, able for one reason or another to make the content that they normally do. It might sound kind of funny, but, you know, I, I'm not one to really watch too many personalities on YouTube. Uh, it's just, you know, there isn't a ton of it's, I know it sounds real funny for me to say that, since I do YouTube, you know, it's all that I do. But uh, there just aren't very many, you know, folks that I regularly watch on YouTube. But of the few that I watch, there was one sad development anyway. It's not so much quitting as it is not really being able to make content anymore, but there was... The guy that I'll watch sometimes. His name is Paul Harrell, and uh, he mostly does firearms and self-defense-related uh, videos, but he'll also do some other content as well as far as, let's say, survival techniques and skills and just important things to bear in mind if you're out there in the, the woods and all sorts of things. I found him inadvertently, actually, back in 2021. I don't really remember what I was looking up, but I came across his channel, and immediately I enjoyed the presentation, uh, solely because his way of doing things just isn't really what you commonly see these days, as far as, you know, social media and content creation go, and, you know, his style of doing 
uh, videos is very, it could be very dry and formal, but, you know, at the same time, personable. And uh, there's something about it that kind of drew me in. And, you know, there's just some people you just get a good feeling about. And uh, he was one of those folks. And I'd lend an ear to what he was talking about, even if the subject didn't particularly, uh, wasn't, isn't something that I would normally watch. He's also a very good storyteller, and I just enjoyed the style of, of what he does. I'd say he's got to be in his 50s at this point, but a couple months ago made a, an announcement that he's been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and obviously that's the worst type of cancer you can possibly get. And, you know, when you hear that, you kind of know what the odds are and where things essentially stand. And uh, it's just been sad to see, you know, the the way things develop. Even to be polite, you know, things have obviously taken a turn for the worse. And a couple of days ago, he said, this is probably the last time you're going to see me on camera. And, uh, you know, you just hate to see it. It's like, I know when some creators quit or leave, you know, it's sad, but obviously when people pass away, especially prematurely, you hate to see it. Especially folks that, you know, just some of the best they, they, they go to soon. We hear from Ryan in Northampton, UK. First of all, I predict the continuation of states blocking Donald Trump running for president. As more and more legal proceedings take place, I believe more dirt will be dug up on Trump, which will cause other states to follow on what Maine and Colorado have been trying to do. This in turn will cause uproar across the US, with protests and riots led by Trump's overwhelming influence over the country eventually causing some states to rescind their rulings. I don't believe this will matter, though, as I predict that Trump will not win the Republican leadership anyway, and I think the U.S. is in for another four years of Sleepy Joe. At this point, I don't think either party will have an answer, so I won't matter anyway. So, it won't matter anyway. Secondly, a prediction closer to home... I believe that the UK 2024 elections will finally see the Conservatives lose power for the first time since 2010. They have seen four different leaders in the last four years, three of which have been elected without public intervention. The country is entering recession once again and has been in complete dismay over the past six months, with the NHS in complete disrepair and public transportation workers on constant strikes over pay. I believe even the most passionate conservative supporters will have seen enough by now. I do believe the Labour Party will win the general election, but unfortunately I believe the damage they have to repair will be too large and the public will lose faith in them, in the same way the US public lost faith in Biden so quickly. Thirdly, and a little more of a controversial one, I believe the world will quickly turn their eyes away from the Israel-Palestine conflict 
in the same way they have with the Ukraine-Russia war. In typical fashion, the next big event will come around, and the majority of people will move on from what the media are feeding them, and move on to whatever the next thing is. Just like the Hawaii wildfires were forgotten about after a few weeks. Just like the Ukraine war isn't being talked about anymore, even though it still rages on, the Palestine conflict will face the same fate. It's just not interesting anymore. I remember you mentioning a similar situation a few years back, with hurricanes ripping apart the Bahamas. The media made it a main focus for a few weeks, until the next big thing happened. And then it was like the Bahamas devastation never occurred, or it had all been rebuilt with the flick of a finger. Now, moving on to lighter predictions. Sports. The NBA championship will finally be won by the Boston Celtics, the Stanley Cup will also return to Boston with the Bruins, and the World Series will go to the LA Dodgers, now that they've bought the entire league's best players. I have to mention Formula One as it's my favorite sport. I have to admit that Max Verstappen will be hard done by to lose next year's World Championship. On the same note, though, I think Lando Norris will finally achieve his first race win, and his team, McLaren, will put up a strong fight to take second in the championship. On a more personal level, I plan to get married to my amazing fiancé this year, and plan to visit Japan for the first time as well. I believe you will also continue with the great success that your channel and radio show has achieved, with the main channel reaching the almighty 3 million subscriber mark. I selfishly predict that you'll bring back the OG Energy Crisis series this year, although admittedly that is more hoping for myself than predicting. Well, thank you, Ryan, in Northampton, UK, and may all your personal predictions come true. I know you've been a regular listener, and it's always great to have you tuned in. The Return of the Energy Crisis series certainly something I would have no objection to whatsoever. Wouldn't bother me any. Of course, the one thing is the, uh, you know, the almighty YouTube algorithm, right? It's the way it goes, and... Thank you for your prediction. We hear from Sarah and Jamie, who send in their prediction, they write, We have some predictions for the new year. We all know that Joe Biden is not going to win the election if he even lives that long, and Sarah thinks that King Charles will die this year, or at least that's what she hopes. In general, we just think the modern world is going to become more modern and terrible. Sorry if this is depressing so far. Sarah and Jamie checking in. Thank you for your prediction there, uh, both in regards to the US presidential election as well as King Charles. Uh, I should note, you sent this prediction long before the cancer announcement as far as uh, King Charles is concerned. So that's just something to be taken note of. We hear from Elaine, who sends in the following prediction. I am hoping, more than predicting, I suppose, that the whole social justice movement will start to have some palpable pushback this year. The whole politically correct attitude that's been adopted by academia, professional environments, social media, etc., 
really has become saturated everywhere around us here in the United States. Equality should be as simple as just being a decent human being to everyone around you, to treat people with kindness, compassion, and respect. I think the current SJW movement leads to outright censorship, mass efforts to deplatform and participate in cancel culture effectively silences those with differing opinion. This contemporary Orwellian thought crime of having a differing opinion from the mainstream can ostracize you from groups of people, make you afraid of expressing your opinion, and affect your professional and work life. I feel like 2024 is the year where we will start to see more proactive discourse to move past what we have been seeing. I would love to hear your thoughts on the matter. Thanks for taking the time to read this from Elaine. Elaine, thank you for your prediction. You have been seeing more and more pushback, generally, I would even say, from all sides. Of course, some more than others over the last few years. You know, as far as uh, what a lot of people might call, like, certain woke stuff, or... uh, various social justice things that some people say this is just going too far or it's just not the right way to go about this, etc. I would have to say that your question sort of answers itself when you even look at the way that I do this show of mine. When I think as we get into the predictions here, you saw right off the bat, I would wager, that there are all views here. And uh, I'm sure, as you could see, if you started trying to plot all the different uh, predictions out on some sort of political compass, you will easily see that it's all over the place, that there are uh, plenty of left-leaning views and right-leaning views and uh, views that I think go pretty far both ways. But in the end, the way I always like to look at it, and this is how I've always felt, I want this show to be a platform wherein individuals can share their thoughts, they could share their views, they can share their opinions, and then you, as a listener, are the one to make sense of it and think, well, do I agree with this? Do I disagree with this? And think critically about it. And it saddens me, quite frankly, that I know that there are a lot of people out there that would never do a show, I guess, in the manner that I do it where, you know, you would have people that would vet through all of these predictions and would not read anything that they think promotes a certain viewpoint. So they would only want the predictions that are left-leaning or right-leaning, etc., and explicitly censor all the rest just because they don't want the other viewpoint even shared and have it just as a big sort of echo chamber and uh, this good, this bad, and you can't even think or say anything contrary. And I have always disagreed with that, vehemently. Number one, to me, it's just not right. It really rubs me the wrong way, that, so we can't just change our mind on something, I guess. It's like, there are plenty of things that I'll initially feel one way about, but then as I get more information, or even just simply with time, I'll eventually begin to adopt a different viewpoint, and it'll just be a natural uh, progression of sorts, 
as I'm able to gather more information, take some time, think things over, maybe personal experience, or a point brought up by someone who maybe initially I don't even agree with, but it sets off a light bulb in my head and, you know, it leads to productive discourse and critical thought, and then it makes me reconsider things. You know, all those sorts of moments, and that would never happen if it's like, no, you could only think one thing and nothing else. I also don't like the precedent that it sets. You know, it's like, all right, it's easy to say that when you're the one running the show and everything so far conforms to your views, but you have to understand if you're going to go that route, there are going to be people diametrically opposed to you that are going to be fighting fire with fire. And if it so happens that you eventually find yourself in a position where you can't really call the shots anymore, you are going to be subject to the very same thing. I think it's very regressive. It's not the way to go about things. It's against critical thinking. I've just never liked that. And that's another reason why I like the shortwave radio so much, and why I promote the medium so much, because it's like the epitome of that, where there is no censorship on the medium, aside from having to set up a literal second transmitter to jam a radio broadcast. Otherwise, you could say your views and your opinions, whatever it is you want, the stations do not censor you, and it's up for the listening audience to decide whether you agree or disagree, whether you want to keep listening or not. It's up to you. There's no algorithms. There's no sorts of, you know, effort to try to cancel someone or not let them say one thing or the other. Uh, people say all sorts of things there, and it's just up to the listener to think critically. And I think it's, I think it's a very valuable also learning experience to be exposed to different opinions, even just to understand how other people are, to better understand the world, society, to make you think about the what and why to things. So I feel how I feel, but most importantly, I try to reflect that in the way that I do things. I give people the disclaimer at the beginning of this broadcast that, look, you might not like everything that's said. That's your chance to leave, and no one's going to be forced to listen to this show. I highly doubt that someone is, you know, chained to some chair, being forced to listen to this on repeat, and uh, is thinking, Oh God, this person has a prediction that I disagree with. <laughs> it's such a ridiculous, you know, image to even think about. It's like, if someone doesn't like what they hear, they don't have to listen. And that's why I try to tell people, going right in, it's like, look... It doesn't matter where you stand on things. There's going to be someone here saying something that you don't like. Well, I said it. There you go. And if you proceed, then you get that and continue listening if you'd like. But if you don't, then there's other things you could do with your time. I'm sure better things that you could do. But I'm not going to sit here and refuse to, to do this show just because someone doesn't like something that someone said. Because it's also so subjective a thing, too. <laughs> Pretty much everyone thinks that they're right. And, uh... Yeah, I, did. I just don't like it. So. I like treating this as an open forum. And, uh... I think it's important. It's a good question. Thank you for your prediction. Lonnie in Florida checks in. 
My first prediction is that China will invade Taiwan before Joe Biden leaves office. China is more in the driver's seat than Russia ever was when they invaded the Ukraine. Internationally, and by world leaders, Biden is seen as a bumbling old man. That combined with his ties to China, and I think China will take advantage of this and launch their invasion probably six months or so before Biden leaves office. My second prediction that I hope will not come true, but I think will happen inevitably, is an attack on the U.S. by China. This will not be an outright, full-blown military attack like on Taiwan, but a guerrilla attack by Chinese operatives who have come to the U.S. legally and also illegally over the southern border. Some of it will be covert, and some of it may be overt. There is already a tremendous amount of Chinese spying going on in the United States, be it via spy balloons, TikTok, or cell towers built near military bases by companies linked to the Chinese government, embedding themselves in the U.S. Anyway, thank you so much, and even if you don't realize, all of your work is highly appreciated, and I wait with bated breath for every new podcast. Lonnie, in Florida, checking in. It's interesting that you predict that sort of major escalation between the U.S. and China, but uh, I think a lot of people sort of think, when will it get to a head? And uh, is 2024 going to be the year? We will see. But it certainly wouldn't surprise me if China essentially has more of a a foothold than people really think that they have. I personally believe any conflict with China will be a horrible one, but that's just my belief. Penny in Eastern Canada, four predictions. One, an increased use of AI, specifically in the education system for personalized learning. AI algorithms will analyze an individual's learning style strengths, weaknesses, and customized content for each student. In addition to this, personalized feedback will help students focus on areas that need improvement. Two, there will be more folks adopting the minimalist lifestyle, mainly due to the increased cost of living, therefore intentionally living with fewer possessions and only purchasing necessities. Three, the three types of inflation in the food industry will be ongoing this year. Shrinkflation, some processed food items such as bottled and cardboard packaged products, continue to maintain the same price, however the quantity of the contents has, dis- has decreased and or subpar ingredients are substituted due to shortages noted by a difference in taste. The second type of inflation would be shelflation, disruption to the supply chain leading to unfresh vegetables or overripe fruit making its way to store shelves, a shorter shelf life, and more food waste for consumers. And three, greedflation. Grocery stores increase prices more than necessary making billions in profits, and their excuse for the price hikes is due to inflation. And the final prediction, 
<laughs> there will be a review bra celebrity meal collaboration with Pizza Hut, consisting of a large size Cheesy Bites pizza, six boneless wings with a dipping sauce of choice, and the beverage, Coca-Cola. Included with the meal is <laughs> a shortwave radio. Your own celebrity meal is merited, as I think you're more well-known than the last two celebrity meals you've reviewed. Well, thank you, Penny. It's always good to hear from you. And I appreciate your predictions. It's interesting in regards to the AI, actually a positive prediction in regards to AI and the field of education, and it certainly uh, would be nice if it really can be utilized and harbored to uh, really optimize and improve the learning experience rather than just students using the AI to forge their essays, essentially. It would certainly be much nicer to see. And uh, all those types of inflation. Yeah, I mean, you already see this to uh, many extents, and I I can't see this suddenly just doing a 180 and uh, all of a sudden vanishing into thin air. I see it hanging around, too. Curran writes in, I wrote in last year predicting that 2023 would be the year that people begin to grow tired of their mobile devices and social media. I was laughably wrong there, so instead of making a more broad global prediction, I will make a more personal prediction. In 2024, I predict I will finish my welding certificate and find a job somewhere that pays me well enough to finally get my life on track. It's an industry that is experiencing a huge labor shortage. Old, experienced tradesmen are retiring, with not enough young blood to take their place, so it is an excellent opportunity for someone like me to take advantage of. I feel like many factors, personal and external, pandemic, inflation, etc., have delayed my independence for many years. So for 2024, I'm setting a goal to rise above these difficulties and get myself established. While it seems like merely existing and getting by can be too much to ask in this day and age, I do believe those that can figure out a way through and persevere will be stronger and more capable human beings, and that will only be a benefit to securing a more hopeful and prosperous future as a society. With all that in mind, I dearly hope good times are ahead. Probably won't be in 2024, 25, or even 30, but those that made it through will lead the way to a future we can all look forward to. Your faithful listener, Kevin. Kevin, I really appreciate that prediction, and I really hope that that comes true. I hope 2024 is a good, positive productive year on your end. I hope you're able to get that certificate, find a good job, and uh, I I see what you mean. We're like a lot of those blue-collar trades that are all so important that society needs. A a lot of the folks that do this stuff are, you know, getting older and older, and there are fewer and fewer folks taking their place, uh, let alone competent, well-trained individuals. So I hope everything works out on your end. I hope that your skill is appreciated and recognized as it should be. It's great to hear from you, and uh, regardless of how likely or unlikely things may seem, hopefully 
better days will be ahead. Mike in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, said, Checking back to the results of my 2023 predictions, Prediction 1, incorrect, 2, correct, 3, correct, 4, correct, 5, I think correct, 6, incorrect, and 7 was correct. This was one of my most proud accomplishments in 2023, with uh, the final prediction from last year being, I will earn my instrument rating, a pilot rating that allows me to fly in clouds, among other things. So, number one, I'm very glad that your prediction number seven there was correct, and uh, I, I offer you my congratulations. It's always great to see. Now, 2024 predictions. You write, I'm trying to be more specific and on a smaller scale than above, and less pessimistic about the state of the world. I think we can all agree the trend vector is quite negative, so no need to wallow in that here. 1. Your broadcast to Africa will be a smash hit and continue throughout the majority of the year. 2. I will get a new job or promotion at some point this year. 3. I will buy into a co-ownership of a single-engine airplane, like a Cessna 182, with my aircraft partner. 4. The University of Kansas Jayhawk football team will play in the 12-team college football playoffs next year. And 5. Joe Biden will win the 2024 U.S. election, and violence from the extreme right will ensue. Not Civil War level, but a similar style, but larger scale, to what happened on January 6th. I couldn't resist one doom and gloom style prediction, I guess. Anyway, love the show and have a great year, Mike, in Phoenix, Arizona. Well, thanks, Mike. It's always great to hear from you. You've been a long-time listener. Always look forward to your predictions. And uh, so far, so good on the first one. The broadcast to Africa is going smoothly. As a matter of fact, uh, I've been paying, paying it through by the month, and uh, I'm about to actually renew that. Uh, here in February to keep it going at least through March because I'm happy with the results and it's verifiable that it's getting a very strong signal into the African continent which uh, it's still surreal to think that you know every Monday afternoon or evening in Africa itself that uh, my broadcast is just blasting in pretty much clear as can be in places like Sudan and Nigeria the uh, Democratic Republic of the Congo, Zimbabwe, South Africa, you name it. Uh, just crazy to think that, you know, if you teleported there with a radio, uh, you could hear the broadcast just, again, clear as can be. It's very surreal. But I'm very happy with the reach and the response, and uh, definitely something I'll, I'll be keeping going. I also hope that uh, things work out well for you career-wise, and I hope all goes well as far as the... Uh, aircraft side of things, too. A few quick predictions from Jeannie in Harmony, Pennsylvania, who says, Ceasefire between Israel and Gaza. Has enough death and destruction been reached for both sides? Deal reached in Ukraine war. Not a popular war for Russia. Putin will pass away, either from illness or falling from a window. We will continue to get record-breaking storms, droughts, and temperatures, no matter what any climate deniers may say.
And lastly, there will be something good on the horizon. Maybe there will be some fantastic advances in science and medicine. Fingers crossed. Hope you and your listeners have the best year ever. Jeannie in Harmony, Pennsylvania, sending in some rapid-fire predictions there. Always appreciate your regular listenership on the shortwave, by the way. And hopefully something good, whatever it is, may indeed be on the horizon. That would certainly be a most welcome a thing. We have a prediction coming in from Jeremy, who writes, Here are my predictions for 2024, and, if you will allow... I'd like to give a broad forecast for the next decade or so pertaining to cannabis. First, as I predicted in the past, I think there will be a further increase in music played on instruments by humans. In that vein, I'd also like to predict that the band Wet Leg will become a household name by this time next year. My other prediction for 2024 is a decline in TikTok. The app is very addictive, but I think that the high point of the platform is coming, or has passed. In my opinion, there are diminishing returns, and many of the videos and concepts are played out. Now, as far as my forecast, I think we will continue to see a continuation of legalized cannabis in states. For the record, I am in favor of this legalization, Not for any tax revenues, but because I believe Americans should be able to live their lives as they see fit, as long as it doesn't infringe on the rights of others. Many times we are in such a hurry to give away our liberties, in my opinion. I live in the metro Detroit area, and there are many stores to buy weed, and it has made little difference in my life. However, I smell it everywhere, and my understanding is that the drug is only getting stronger and stronger, not the stuff my friends and I shared when I was a teen in the 80s. There has to be more people partaking in public and not just in their home or designated areas. My forecast is that in the coming decade, there will be greater restrictions on the potency and amounts one can possess. With liberties like alcohol, firearms, or driving, there needs to be some responsibility as well. I think now will be looked back on as the Wild West days. So thank you, Jeremy, for your predictions there. It would be interesting also, of course, to see if there actually is that decline in TikTok. It could happen. There was a time when the platform Vine was extremely popular, and that went under, so who's to say that that couldn't happen to other platforms, too? Zach, in New York City, is checking in, says, I, like many others, am dreading the upcoming presidential election, so I wanted to make some light of it with a prediction that will definitely not come true. I predict Democrats will hire a Biden impersonator to debate Trump. This impersonator will speak so eloquently and with such vigor that Trump will fall to his knees and band together with the Biden impersonator to run as co-presidents for the first time ever. As they band together, I think they will face no opposition. However, they soon realize there is a new candidate 
in the pipeline, and that person is Oprah Winfrey. Oprah announces her vice presidential candidate is the real Joe Biden, who is just terribly confused with this whole arrangement. Oprah wipes the floor with both of them and becomes the first female president in U.S. history. The Joe Biden impersonator and Donald Trump realize they have a deep love for each other and they get married to live out the rest of their days in bliss. Anyway, hope this gives you and your listeners a laugh. You have no idea how much your podcast helps me relax on a daily basis. Thanks for the great content, and I wish you have a wonderful 2024 filled with good health and prosperity. Zach in New York City, checking in. Thank you for your prediction, a bit of a lighthearted one there. I would say, I think to everyone out there listening, pay close attention uh, when you see the presidential debate. And if you start noticing things, then I think you really need to intensely focus on this prediction. A number of geopolitical predictions coming in from a now-retired, low-ranking officer in a third-world country, Russia. I believe Vladimir Putin will become president again for Russia. I believe the Russian economy will do well in terms of food, fuel, and military manufacturing. I believe the Russia-Ukraine conflict will continue, and Russia will make significant territorial advances in the east and the north. I suspect as funding for Ukraine dries up, there will be a change of government where the military performs a coup d'etat, where their general is assassinated by Ukrainian assets. As the shifting narrative changes, actual information will be released, and the numbers of dead and missing is what will compel the public to make the government find a peace deal in Ukraine. I suspect in the end, Ukraine, or what is left of it, will be a landlocked nation. As for China, I suspect it will be a difficult year for China, with increases in civil unrest, most of which will be peaceful, but prevalent as the public will struggle with food shortages and the collapsing real estate market in China. I do not expect an invasion of Taiwan or additional border skirmishes with India. I do see more activity in Africa with Chinese forces and Chinese mining companies. Japan. There will be increased militarization of Japan. I do not know if there will be a change to the constitution in the next year, but it is inevitable that it will occur, and there will be expansion of the Japanese armed forces and navy. This will have an impact culturally. Argentina. With the new president, Unable to fulfill all his promises, as some changes are just too radical to implement, the impact on the economy will be felt, and it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better, so the average citizen there is going to have a hard time. In Europe, most elections to be held in the next year will result in right-wing governments being successful on the selling point of trying to control immigration. It will begin with the possible expulsion of Ukrainian refugees, predominantly males, back to Ukraine to fight for the war. And as a result of that, they will sweep up others at the same time and export them out of Europe. Although I do not see this fixing the problem that they face 
with the illegal immigration, I do see them using more heavy-handed methods as the government changes and the public grows wary of the increased crime. They will also struggle with the increase in costs of food and fuel as the inflation has eaten up a lot of money from the average family. In the United States, American elections will dominate the news cycle as Trump is selected as the Republican nominee. The election will be riddled with controversy of election-rigging mail-in ballot fraud, but ultimately Trump will win. With the change in government, the gag order placed on the media will change, and there will be less concern about domestic terrorism. There will be an increased concern, though, on domestic infrastructure and foreign terrorists and foreign militaries, predominantly China. So you won't hear much news about white supremacy, but you'll hear about possible Iranian or Chinese activities and North Korea continuing their computer hacking attacks. There will be a continuous stream of migrants from Central America, although measures will be taken to secure the border. However, the problem will be so expansive that this will not solve it. It will just reduce it. There will be the reemergence of Antifa, or essentially the same thing rebranded with a different name, perhaps more militant, with the intent to disrupt the new government under Trump. Although I think they will be unsuccessful, they will grab the attention of the media. I suspect the American public tolerance for these groups has decreased. Hopefully, economic conditions will improve and the, cro- and the cost of groceries goes down. I do not expect the cost of fuel to go down, which will in turn keep everything elevated in price, but hopefully it'll still reduce somewhat. It's not likely to, though, as the proxies in Yemen continue to attack ships. The quality of fast food will not improve, not yet. There would have to be a larger economic downturn. It will have to get worse before it gets better. But this year will be the rise of a wide variety of flavored beverages, shakes, teas, etc., as the fast food industry tries to get in on the beverage game. Israel. With the media blackout, the sick propaganda information won't get out until they have finished decimating northern Palestine. They aren't going to stop their invasion, and they'll move to the south of Palestine in an attempt to push the Gazan refugees into Egypt. They'll also make attempts to secure the West Bank, but I do not see this causing a hot war with various Arab nations. I do see a huge uptick in proxy forces attacking Israeli infrastructure, be that energy and military targets. This will happen as soon as the forces in Palestine stop, and there will be substantial controversy that Israel has hidden their true casualty numbers, which will inevitably be leaked and will upset the population. Israel will lose a lot of political sway outside of the United States on the international level, and as a result of this, and the cost of funding the invasion, they too will struggle economically, but will be propped up by the Americans. Oil prices will continue to rise as ships are attacked off the coast of Yemen.
and in Venezuela, it will not invade its neighboring country. A deal will be reached where both countries can benefit from the oil found, and a special economic zone will be created where the armed forces will work to secure the area together. So thank you for your predictions there, geopolitical ones. The final one is in regards to the situation between Venezuela and Guyana, which has periodically been in the news lately. So thank you again for your predictions. Touching on all sorts of countries and uh, geopolitical flashpoints, I find them very interesting, so thanks for sending that. And finally, we hear from Aaron, who says, My New Year's prediction is a personal one. I'm predicting that this year I find a job that not only pays enough to live off of, but also doesn't make me go feral with discontent. I've done mostly food service jobs along with delivery work and various other service jobs and have felt bogged down in them. This year I want to find something that doesn't necessarily relate to my degree. I foolishly went to college for film studies, but at least is interesting and worth getting out of bed for. This might be off the rails, but I'm also giving a cultural prediction. I think that this year we will see a decline in American Hollywood cinema as foreign cinema and indie projects continue to create better stories. Godzilla Minus One was one of the best movies I've seen in years, and it was a return to what the monster represented historically for Japan and the world. It blew the vapid American Godzilla movies, i.e. Godzilla vs. Kong, out of the water, and gave us a story with characters that would have been just as well written and interesting even without the giant lizard. There's been plenty of other releases from foreign studios as well as indie projects that I've enjoyed a lot more than the repetitive stories we get from Hollywood. People want to be entertained and inspired by stories again, and that involves taking risks, something Hollywood won't do because it doesn't guarantee a large payout. This email is getting exceedingly long, but I have a question. What do you think the opposite of sand is? I think it's cheese. Sand is grainy, made of small rock bits, inorganic, and cannot be eaten. Cheese is smooth, made of organic dairy solids, and is eaten all the time. I can't think of something more the opposite of sand. Aaron, checking in. Well, thank you for your predictions. I hope that, personally, uh, things improve on the career side of things. I hope you're able to find, indeed, both a well-paying job and one that uh, you enjoy working. I also think that the uh, entertainment one is interesting, too. Uh, certainly there are a lot of people out there that have many a problem with Hollywood, and, uh, and we'll see if more people continue seeking alternatives such as indie film or the uh, foreign media. And to finish off this program, your question, the opposite of sand. I think the opposite of sand are fedora hats. And I have to emphasize authentic 
fedora hats. So, no trilby hats. None of those ones with the tiny little brim that people will still call a fedora. But I'm talking like the actual 1940s fedora hats that were quality and have a wider brim, which are actually pretty hard to come by these days. That's it, definitely. Or cheese. You might, you might be onto something there, too. It might be cheese, but I have just got a feeling about fedoras that, that that might be it. Or who knows? I mean, I guess it could also be, like, sometimes some of the old gangsters were, were known to put a feather in the little band around the hat, so maybe instead of a feather, it would be a fedora hat with a, a piece of cheese wedged in there. Maybe that is the true opposite of, of sand. Thank you for your prediction once again. And with that, dear listeners, that concludes the 2024 predictions show. Obviously, this was a program that had a lot of very strong opinions, a lot of very diverse opinions, though. Can't say it was a very positive show, but I think a lot of us, understandably, for one reason or another, feel how we feel about the future. We see how the last number of years have been. And uh, sometimes when you see all that, you think, how can you not have a bleak outlook toward things? But, you know, despite my own outlook, despite the obvious outlook of a vast majority of listeners, I hope 2024 is odds-defying in that regard. And may we all be proven wrong that this year actually ends up being a wonderful positive year that somehow everything turns around for the better. But I hope most importantly that for all those of you who made personal predictions, I hope that they come to be and things get better for all those of you who sent them in. And I want to thank once again all of you who sent in predictions. This show wouldn't have been possible if it weren't for all of you. I hope you know how much I appreciate not only your listenership, but your participation in this program. I know, was a, I know I was a little late doing this, and I thank you all once again for your patience. It was a lot of fun to do this show, though, and I hope that this program made for as fun of a listen as it was to record and produce this program. The next show is going to be a standard podcast where I'll talk about whatever's on my mind and read and respond to various emails. So for those of you listening in, if you have any questions, comments, any topics you'd like to hear me discuss in the next show, could always reach out, v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. There were so many predictions, I'm sure I missed a few, and uh, look, I don't think the world's going to end if uh, a couple predictions that I might have missed I get to in the next show. And finally, again, if you do want to support this program, help keep it going, help keep the radio broadcasts going, your financial support is appreciated via PayPal to V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com or via Patreon, patreon.com slash the report of the week. And that's all for tonight. Till next time, be safe, be healthy, and I wish you all the very best. Take care, this is V-O-R-W.